Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is still gutted. Now, people who think that the FA Cup is some two-bob competition that pales into insignificance compared to the Premier and Champions League titles need only to have a peek at our Discord and WhatsApp group and Twitter after Chelsea lost their second FA Cup final in a row. The anger, frustration and deep, deep disappointment was palpable. Now, I don't know if it was the fact that it was our second consecutive cup final loss that made it feel worse, but it certainly felt horrible. Maybe it's because it's becoming an all-too-familiar feeling. There's definitely a feeling that Tommy Tuchel got it wrong and perhaps did not gauge just how important winning the FA Cup is to the supporters. His bosses might not agree, but for us, it matters. Take it seriously. Pick your strongest side wear suits and treat the traditions and the history of the world's oldest cup competition with respect. And now everything is on the line. Win our next three matches and Tommy T will be a Chelsea legend. Lose them and he'll be no better than Avram Grant. Or perhaps he'll become Tommy Two Chokes. Football can be very, very cruel. (sighs) Chelsea fancast. Tommy Two Chokes. Indeed. Chelsea fancast number 822, Foxed Up. <laughs> yes, thank you, Tony. I knew you'd get it. Uh, I, got it. I got it as well. I just didn't vocalise. I know, I know. I couldn't, I couldn't, your, my mic or my spit guard or whatever they call it was obscuring your beautiful little face, Jonathan. Pop shield, my darling. Pop thank, shield. thank you. Pop shield. Poptastic. Poptastic, pop pickers. How are you this evening, mate? Oh, mate, well, I just tell you, I'm uh, not great, like no, us all. No. Uh, I've been... Uh, a bit like I've a wet been, weekend, mate. Yeah, I've been completely um, up shit creek without a, without a billabong, <laughs> I tell you. Um, <sighs> uh, no, I've, I've uh, rightly, like all of us, have been absolutely pissed off. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the wrong word. I've just been... I've just been absolutely, um, I, I can't really deal with with the situation. I haven't been able to, well, I dealt with it. I, I Would you believe, Chidge, would you believe I had a mini bottle of red wine on wow. Saturday night? That goes to show how far, and, and masses of ice cream, gluten-free. Lashings ice cream, of ice cream? Yeah, lashings of ice cream. <laughs> As a consequence, I was so upset. I'll tell you what, mate, you know Chelsea are bad when it's driven you to drink. Oh, we're absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I need some... bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. It was a little thing like, it was just bollocks. It just tasted awful. You know, but I thought, I need something. I need I know, something. I know. I, I anesthetised myself uh, before, during and after. But it's still, I could still feel the pain. But there you go. Anyway, JK, who have we got on the show? I almost felt like saying, who have we got in the round window tonight? Who have we got in the square window? <laughs> but who have we got to ch- hopefully try and cheer us up? Yeah. Uh, we've got the the brilliantly incisive uh, and clever and amusing um, Mr. Tony Glover. But what's me? Yes, me? that was you. You're that too kind, you. but I will take every one of those those compliments um, in the way they were intended. I'm Thank glad. You. I'm glad to see Tony's wearing one of my favourite away shirts. You know, I'm not a big well, shirt. I'm, yes, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big shirt buyer, as people know. But no. I actually purchased the black one with the blue blue kind of arm stripes when it came yeah. out. And I, I think it yeah. perfectly fits our mood, Tony. I think it does. I think, And the way we probably feel, black and blue. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Definitely, yeah. All right, who else have we got, JK? Uh, we have the uh, 
the percussive wit. <laughs> like it. <laughs> so is that rhyming slang or something? Oh, no, no, no. What would it rhyme with? What would it rhyme with? What do you with? think? Humongous um, shit. Tom Tit um, uh, um, uh, gets an, gets annoyed a bit. Uh, oh, that was an understatement. <laughs> Mr. Martin Wickham. Woo! Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. If it drove you to booze, then you know my running total on the day was. Come on, reveal it, reveal it, because we were we were counting in the WhatsApp group, Martin. Did so you, what was the final total? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, we didn't have a sweep. But uh, the Jager bomb, the Jager bombs beat the Guinness eleven nine. Eleven nine. Good work, yeah. mate. Good work. Yeah, and you know pre-season game and all that. Were you battered? Or... Were you battered or what? Um, well, I could type pretty well, but I think spell check helped me out on that. <laughs> Auto correct and God knows what. Uh, well but done, yeah, Martin. it just made me. The whole thing was just incredibly annoying. I mean, I could just about tolerate being shit, but you know, getting a final kick in the nads at the end with that yes. goal oh. rolled out just oh. over the edge for me. So, I as know. you might have seen on the WhatsApp group. I know. Well, I thought. Well, we'll, we'll get into that as I will explain in a minute. Um, but before that, we should tell tell the children listening tonight on Chelsea Fancast Play School what's on the show tonight. Now, on the show tonight, we look at the... <laughs> who knew? We're going to look at the FA Cup final. Bloody hell. People in the Amazon rainforest didn't know that. Anyway, we look at the FA Cup final, which brought massive euphoria and massive disappointment, as only Chelsea can. Uh, so did Tuchel get the selection wrong? Did Chelsea take it seriously enough? Did poor finishing cost us again? And if so, why did we not take a punt on Tammy? Uh, would Mendy have saved Tillyman's goal? Was it handball in the build-up? Did VAR get it right on Chilwell's goal? And of course, I think... Uh, crucially, uh, how important were Schmeichel's saves? And in part two, uh, we look ahead to the rematch uh, against Leicester uh, tomorrow evening, Tuesday evening. Uh, are Chelsea running out of steam and can they get over the line? Who will Tommy T pick and how do we see it going? And finally, in part three, uh, we've got some really good emails, actually, some great emails to read out this week. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and of course, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live on uh, every Monday, apart from when we're on Tuesday. <laughs> At 7pm by going to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat, in the wonderful chat room, post all sorts of stuff on there, as, and so many of them do every week. We love to see you in there, so that's brilliant. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us uh, or Instagram us or Facebook us at Chelsea Fancast. Now, after the break, we're going to be uh, having the uh, kind of wake for the FA Cup final. It's quite in a weird, weird, weird sense. We're kind of privileged tonight because uh, whilst Tony and I were skulking about and sulking in Hampshire, in fact, on that point, Tony, I, 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 I stupidly thought, you know what? Maybe I should have, you know, gone and watched it with you or something on Saturday. Yeah, that you would know? have been uh, breaking the law officially. But would it? Give a fuck. 
Well, yeah. can we not let a meet, are we? Well, we could have yeah, had a right. window open and said it was... One of us could have had a window open and hung our head outside. We could, of we could have sat outside and got wet, like that, yeah, like, exactly. like JK and Martin did. <laughs> it would have been yeah. in keeping, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that's the point. Me and Tony were skulking about in... Uh, Winchester, well, in Hampshire, not not 15 miles apart. Whereas, uh, I'm delighted that I've actually got two people on the show who were there, J.K. and Martin. And before, um, you know, I, I get into J.K.'s rant about the game as is tradition nowadays <laughs> on the fancast. What I really want to know, and this is more important in a funny old way, but what was it actually? I'll, I'll ask J.K. first, then Martin. But what was it actually like? To be at a football match, to be inside a stadium with twenty thousand people in there, mate. Don't say frightening. No, no, it wasn't. It was, it, it was, it was great, but it was. Um, the stakes were so high that um, uh, it was, it was um, uh, eviscerating at the same time. You know, it was seeing the game slip away and seeing us not play very well um, and seeing us fail to. Uh, break down um, mass defences. Um, I, 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 I th- it was very well organised. There was a ridiculous trek. I went, I went via Marylebone and uh, everybody was very good humoured. They managed to cram in as many songs as they possibly could in our carriage um, on the way to, uh, on the short journey from Marylebone to Wembley. And we walked across. Um, there were some Leicester fans amongst us who decided to go berserk with the fact that there was a uh, a family hanging out of one of the blocks of flats with uh, a Chelsea flag and they got abused. And I thought, well, you know, welcome back to, uh, welcome back to supporters being present. And, um, uh, and it, then we had to, they wouldn't let us in via the Leicester fans. We had to do an enormous trek all the way round to the, um, as if we'd come from Wembley central, which we hadn't. So we do, we had to do a huge tour of the ground and then they checked your, um, your COVID passport as it were the fact that you'd had the test which they did not really in a very diligent way they just look I just got out my I said there and he went yeah okay and I thought I haven't shown it to you yet but you know but anyway got through um uh, uh I of course on the end of a line and everybody's bladders by half time meant that I could hardly see the game because everybody was wandering up and down the the alleyway which is something you forget um the tension at the beginning was great um um, it was just, you know, one of those games where, you know, it, it, I, terrible echoes of 1967. I know that I, I, I can't believe it, but I kept thinking. I'll plead the fifth on that one, mate. You are. I'll you plead are. the fifth on fifth. that one. Yeah, you can, yeah. What it, what it was was that it was watching the game. It was knowing that you were better than the opposition because when we played Spurs, we were the the they were Spurs were the underdogs. I remember, and I remember just expecting the team to win and the team not really doing very well. And I had this terrible feeling in my chest at half time, thinking, I I know what's going to happen here. I've been I've been here too often. This is just a repeat, isn't it? Hoping against hope that somehow something would 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 go the other way. But answering your question, um, um, it was you know it was. It, the, the dilemma with going to any game like this is you never know who you're sitting with. You're not with your mates. Um, I had three blokes in front of me who were more intent on baiting the Leicester fans. And you want to go, you know, hasn't lockdown taught you anything, but perhaps it was in a sense, they're expressing themselves properly. They want to express themselves by hardly watching the game and just giving fee signs and wanker signs to the Leicester fans who weren't that far away. And uh, I thought, you know, rather foolishly, my hippie way that COVID would have created a feeling of, you know, peace and love towards all men. No, mate, it's more anger. 
going anger. back into the cliches. I know, huge let's anger. Let's hear it for the anger. I know, I know. Well, let's also hear it for the, the number of people who clearly had drunk too much for the let's game. Let's hear it for the drunkards. Who, who, who just backwards and forwards, <laughs> non-stop. In fact, I kept thinking, what the fuck? You Nobody's watching the fucking game. I'm the only one here if it's to be interested I in it. Just, and I felt they were anaesthetising themselves to what we just all felt, weirdly, that what was going to happen yeah. in front of us. There was a kind of dreadful... Um, uh, acceptance. Large numbers of people left with 10 minutes to go. I was absolutely bemused by that. But there was a kind of... Well, it's not as though the queues were going to be as bad as they normally no, are, indeed, mate. No, indeed, but it was just the inevitability of losing. They just wanted yeah. to get... You felt there was a... Disappointment. There was a, yeah, a huge disappointment amongst yeah. everybody. That was the major thing I felt from going back to watch. But no, it was, it was, um, it was brilliant to go back and watch. Absolutely brilliant. And yet, I would rather have gone back to a league game rather than the FA Cup final with everything standing on it, you know, because it, it, it was... Yeah. I've, just, I've just got this thought in my mind, JK, of how either much, how much worse it might have been or how much better it might have been had I been sitting next to you, as was in fact the plan. You would have hated the number of people who are going for a piss. You'd have said, for fuck's sake. No, I'd have been with them, mate. Party. I'd have been with uh, them. Yeah, but you nonetheless would still have gone, I can't see. Well, oh, God. yeah. No, I'm, I'm quite mellow them. about that. But I, I have to say, JK... In in uh, defence of the angry drunkards, of course, of which I am a founder member, I think, and this is a good segue into Martin, actually, as, as you and as we all know, I think I would have been so excited to have been back at a match and a final. No, I was. But, no, beginning. no, and I'm not criticising you. I'm not saying no, no, you no, weren't. No, no, you're not. But, but, I, no, but I would have been yeah. so excited to, to, to be back at a football match and, and back, you know, in a final as well. I'd have been, I'd have been like a school kid, and I've got so carried away, and I'd have been, I'd have probably been barely able to stand. I'd have drunk so much beforehand. Q Martin, oh, I was able to stand. It's <laughs> like from where I, and I, no, um, mate, I know you're made of strong stuff. This I do know. Hollow legs, apparently. Um, <laughs> no, it was so. Obviously, I live a bit nearer, so I kind of was able to get a you know couple of tube stops down. Um, when is the pub? The only pub there the stadium that was going to be open because it's got outside facilities was the green man, which I normally avoid like the plague, oh, yeah. but the two people I went with had booked the table. So there I went. Did you go and, with? Uh, Canal and Nicole. Oh, basically lovely. we've got the away season oh. tickets together. So yeah, you, yeah, could yeah. Buy, you could just buy them combined. It was all yeah. a bit of a... Also part of the cock WhatsApp group. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. cock or yeah. no cock, as we cock like to call it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're going to make their money back off field tomorrow because, um, They've hiked their prices. That's all I'm going to say. The Cock Tavern? Yeah. Well, I can understand uh, why they were. Uh, yeah, I think they're all going to be doing it. I don't think we, should, we can't really name and yeah. shame them. I reckon they're all no. doing it. But back, so I was in the Green Man for a bit, then went up to My test didn't get checked. It was very lapsed. I was just like, walked through and like, there wasn't even a security. There was a, barely a security check. They didn't check the, I'm guessing because it was like an hour before kickoff and they were concerned about a bottleneck at the, outside the stadium or something, but it's just, you're pretty much just waved through and allowed to get on with it. It was quite, it was a lot more liberal than I thought it would be there. I thought we we're going to be far more controlled about, you can't go there, go this way around. It was, bar the capacity being less, it was very similar to what yeah, you were like at Wembley. Yeah. And to the point where after the game, I was able to pretty much free wheel my way out of the stadium, back onto the Wembley High Road, despite there being a one-way system. I was able to cut left via the arena and just go along 
onto Wembley Hill Road and onto Wembley High Road to find another pub which was open. Unfortunately, a lot of them don't have the didn't have the space to be open. They couldn't they couldn't benefit from you know people being there. Hopefully, that changes in the next few weeks or so with the playoff finals and what have you. But um, yeah, it was good to be back. And unlike the games in December where everything was pretty much shut and there was this feeling that yeah this is gonna go back behind closed doors in a couple of weeks it actually feels like it's a positive step forward and i, I presume jk you're going tomorrow evening for the league game i am, I am, I am as well and yeah uh, i'll probably regret saying this but i might actually starting to look forward to that being back at the bridge again oh yeah yeah there's absolutely agree it's a completely different um environment I, I, it was the kind of alien quality of going to a final that was the the problem with the uh not not going with a mate as well and not going we're not sitting with people i know so um yeah, unless you've got people on friends and on friends and family it's very difficult to bunch the tickets together at the moment yeah you know completely though some people were wandering around apparently they actually they were yeah. allowed to there wasn't that great um there weren't people coming around saying you must sit in your seat yeah so, well you uh, could be you you had a seat then there was a spare one then so that you were you there were spaces there there's always space that's right yeah Yeah, exactly i don't think it was i think it it was if they'd have tried to over police it it could have got a bit ugly and especially towards the end but i think they handled it quite well yeah i heard i heard they they were because usually they can be arseholes but i heard they were quite as you say quite relaxed i mean i think the interesting thing is and this is the thing i've been trying to rack my brains about pretty much since saturday evening you know, I, I, as I said, I can't remember if we were on air or not. I think we were having our kind of chat before we went on air. But I, I was, I was, I was really, really. I've had the hump since Saturday night. Now, okay, yeah, it's normal. But I mean, I, I know my levels of being having the hump with Chelsea. But yeah. you know, I, I can remember uh, two games hitherto. Funnily enough, both finals at Wembley, where I've, I've the, the lowest I felt being at a match at Chelsea, and one was the Spurs League Cup final, which I still think is arguably the worst, I felt. And then the 2017 Cup final, when we had the double at stake and we just didn't turn up. And I was really gutted about that. This was close, and I'm trying to wrap my brains as to why, because I, I don't know whether it's worse if you're there, Tony, or worse if, you like like you, you were sitting in your living room in Hampshire with a few beers and a bit disconnected think, from it all. I would imagine... I always feel it's worse to be at home on your own, if you like, or or whatever, because um, you're not with your mates, your football mates. So even if you get your yeah, you know brothers-in-law around or something like that, there, I guess in your particular role you might get this, but it's almost like you're exposing yourself emotionally to everybody, even with like non-football friends around, oh, we'll get the family around and we'll watch this great moment in whatever. And it turns out to be wrong and bad and everything. And people see you for what a grumpy, miserable, irascible, fucking old oh, wanker you really people are. People listen to the Chelsea fan cast for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, but I think I think there is, there is that. And I think at least if you're in the ground, even if you're not with your mates, you're with like-minded people as opposed to people just coming around because it's a cup final party thing or you, you, if you're watching it on your own, uh, with a few beers, then you're pretty much screaming into the void, aren't you? Because no one can hear you. Um, you know, yeah. in, in, in Hampshire, in, in, no one, in Hampshire, no one can hear you scream. Exactly that. Exactly that. So I, I think, 
I think it was that. I mean, I'm, I think there was some deeper uh, stuff. I read Liam's article on the the Athletic, which I, I found quite intriguing, and I, and and I think I think the scales have fallen from my eyes a bit around Mr. Tuchel and, and some of the stuff that's been going on. I think there's a I think a sticking plaster has fallen off whatever was being being done, and and, and I, I like but like J.K. There's this inevitable moment. I don't know possibly you know, two minutes into the second half or whatever, where it, it must be like a sixth sense of you've seen it before. This isn't going well. Nothing's happening to turn it around. Um, there didn't seem to be any inclination to turn it around. And I, I will go back to before the game, turning up in tracksuits. Yeah, all right, let's that let's... is... Yeah, I want to get I want to get into yeah. that, but I, I've got this brilliant tweet that I found on on Saturday. I don't know him. I don't even know if he follows me. Actually, just have a look. No, he doesn't follow me. I don't follow him. That's the beauty of Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> but no, but that is because you just have this, you know, the randomness of it. But I saw this. Somebody must have uh, have retweeted it. It's from from Stan at d underscore r underscore Stan. He says, it "Was good to see everyone again today. Not though, not you though, Chelsea. You lot can piss off." <laughs> and I just think if you could sum up that game yeah. Jerry, in between is that isn't it yeah. I mean yeah. I, I said that's the tweet of the day and I, well, yeah. I kind of retweeted it but I just yeah. thought that is the sentiment listen um, it is very depressing it's horrible when we lose and it made me think about my job you know, in my day job, and I and I have to deal with depression on a regular basis, and uh, and grief and loss, and it just reminded me of dear old Elizabeth Kubler Ross and her famous grief cycle. So I have an acronym to hand you all for those of you who are finding it like us rather hard to deal with, DABDA. Yes, which of course is denial. We've all we've all been through this since Saturday night. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression. And hopefully, by the time you've come to the end of this show, some acceptance. And then we move on, because we have to, because tomorrow we've got another game. But anyway, um, Tony was kind of getting into things that I really want to talk about. But the first thing I want to talk about, JK, um, is uh, Tommy T, I think, getting the selection wrong. I mean, you know, you were on the show with me on Friday. And the, the two choices that I didn't have were Alonso at left wing back uh, and Ziyech uh, as one of the front three. And I was really quite surprised that he hadn't picked Chilwell, who of course has a you know has has history with Leicester, and I thought he'd be really up for it. And I thought you know the front the best front three, in my opinion, are you know either Mount uh, Havertz and Werner, or Mount Werner, any combination of Mount Havertz, Werner, or Pulisic. So I was really surprised about that. Everybody knows what I felt about picking Kepper instead of Mendy, because I think and it's a final. You want to win it, you pick your best team, and Mendy's our best goalkeeper. But, you know, were you surprised by his selection? Do you think he got it wrong? Um, I actually was looking at the positives of it originally, which is that um, he was being honourable towards Kepper because he said he's the cup final goalie, and he says he's been doing well in training. So, um, with hindsight, of course, yes, Mendy is bigger and clearly the better keeper. Um, but he, he sat with that. Um, I think they've got a problem with uh, scoring goals. So he thought, let's give Alonso a go because... He scored uh, he the other week. He scored the other week, yeah. absolutely. So he thought, let's try that. And I knew that Chilwell would come on at some stage. But yes, once again, with hindsight, um, uh, he's 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 the more mobile player. Um, he he uh, We thought heads would roll after the Arsenal game to an extent. So 
picking Zayek um, um, was something that, excuse me, I didn't have a, a problem with. In a sense, we've we've given in to Tommy's selections because of the success that he's had. So I, I don't think it's fair to suddenly um, accuse him of not knowing what the team is and changing it around because it's it's by means of that rotation that we've ended up um, uh, in the position we've been in, which is um, getting out of, uh, from 10th to to fourth and getting to the Champions League final. So um, I don't think any of those are fair criticisms of him. I mean, I, I, I didn't have too many... Gr- I mean, it sounds as if I was really moaning, but... I mean, it wasn't far away from the team we picked, and I, I really didn't have too many grumbles before a ball was kicked. I have to be I, honest. I always presume that he's looked at the opposition yeah. and thought he would be better for this role. And can I just make a, a couple of points that I, one of which I noticed at the at the cup final that I wouldn't have noticed on television was that Werner is offside all the time. I hadn't realised this. He stands offside in the line and makes no effort. To get back, it is absolutely astounding. I'd known, I, I knew that he got offside, and we see this on the box. When you are watching, and you just the line is in front of you, he is always offside. What the fuck is going on? Tell me. <laughs> I just <laughs> love the way you say, "What the fuck is going on?" But, it's brilliant. But it, but it is so ridiculous, and I, I'm afraid I was—I became incandescent with <laughs> idiocy. Did you call about, anybody a Gareth, mate? Please. Tell no, me. no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. Right. No, I didn't. I just three quarters of the way through. I just—he was offside again. The ball was—you thought—and I actually said, and I, I stood up and had a kind of—you know—I had a chidge moment. Actually, I said. I said, for fuck's sake, Werner, <laughs> fucking hell, what the fuck, fucking get on side, yes. what the fuck are yes. you doing, for yes. fuck's yes. sake, yes. and then I thought, that's really interesting, I've got a, you know, very big, he channels you around. in a chidge, it's only taken you six bloody and, years or whatever, and everyone Finally around you said, oh, he's had a drink, no, 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 funnily, <laughs> no, funnily enough, no, what I liked about it was everybody around me went, Yes! Fucking Werner! <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck! That's just like pissed. I love that moment. I love that. And and I know we're going to get on to it eventually, aren't we, about the um, the uh, the go- their goal. But you want to, can we talk no, about No, no, let's, let's do that in a minute. Let's Because you've yeah, got yeah, so much yeah. to talk about it. And there's a, yeah. it's nice to try and keep some sort give, of an order give it, this give evening. Give the powder dry. But I, I love that, JK. Bless your little heart. Um, I mean, the thing is, Martin, I, I noticed... Uh, I mean, obviously, he put uh, Rhys James at... Uh, right centre-back and Aspie at wing-back. And, of course, Aspie's been playing right wing-back a lot when Christensen has been right centre-back. And and I'll be really honest with you, it's, it's there, there are two schools of thought on this. One is that, like, I, I actually thought it was a good move because, you know, Vardy's a threat and James playing there, you know, mitigates that threat. And I thought James basically had an excellent game and kept Vardy really quiet. The other school of thought, actually, interestingly enough, Andy Jacobs was saying this on TalkSport. Normally, I think he talks nonsense, but I thought it was a good point, which is why worry about the opposition? Let them worry about you, because by swapping them around, it really blunted us as an attacking force down the right, because Aspie's not a good attacking right wing back. But what did, what did you think about that? Yeah, um, I understood the logic behind having James there to mitigate Vardy's pace, but um, unfortunately... By doing that, and as Christensen not been around, I must, I assume the best, you know, the best scenario would have been Christensen right centre back, Reese James right wing back, because if our wing backs are two don't get forward enough, it nauses up our 
game plan and we know we got noticeably better once Chilwell came on and pushed further yes, forward true. and Hudson Adoy came on and pushed further forward. Yeah, um I understand the reasoning behind it, but I don't think it took into account that Vardy looked a bit fucked. He wasn't anywhere. I mean Ianacho's been the main threat for Leicester for the last few weeks. He did a reasonably he, quiet he game. Had a so shocker, mate. He I yeah, uh, again, so we, the defence must have been doing something right in that sense, but we rather blunted ourselves in the process. I mean, to be honest, Martin, on, on the TV, and I know it's a completely different game on TV, which is why it's so lovely having you two here. Oh, oh, when it, when it, when I'm sure when you were watching it on TV, it was like a fairy tale story, and they oh, yeah, cut yeah, to yeah, Gary yeah. Lineker crying and, his fucking and no, 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 no cutaways to the Chelsea crowd. But on the TV... You know, yeah. Nacho looked like it didn't matter. We, we could have had no defence and he would have been shit. He had an absolute shocker, mate. That is a, that is a surprise because the, the form he's been in yeah, recently. Yeah, I know. But I know. there we go. There we go. Um, and Vardy's maybe... Maybe spent. Maybe get, he's, he's 34 now, isn't is he? Is he really? Bloody I, hell. I, well, I should shut up. I'm 36. Well, but, I wish um... <laughs> I looked like him at 34. That's for sure. Well, Harold anyway. fucking step. <laughs> well, maybe not like that. Or even no. Harold Shipman. But anyway. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Some, somebody uh, compared me to that on my beautiful appearance on BBC News London on Friday. I thought that was very... I think it was it was, uh, it was was Andy the Fireman. So no surprises there. He's not known for his tact and diplomacy. Uh, nor, is, nor is Tony usually. And I think this is a good juncture to kind of get mm. back into what Tony was saying. I've got a wonderful quote here, which for me sums up the thoughts I tried to evoke in the in the intro tone and it's from the lovely Steve Martin who I know I know listens to the show he's on he's in Mixler all right well this he tweeted this he says just a thought does anyone else think our whole vibe yesterday can be described as slack blase arrival later than Leicester later on warm-up to Leicester no club suits arrived in training gear manager looking like a 14 year old players not wanting enough club two and I I think you know a bit like dear Stan's tweet Chelsea, you lot can piss off. I think. I think. I think Steve kind of nails it in a sense. Yes, and I. I, I think it's a. I, uh, on Liam's article, I wrote about the. I, I wrote him quite a, a lengthy one as well, saying that. It, I mean, it's a fine line between being chilled out, and appearing relaxed, or looking arrogant and complacent. And I think we stretched into arrogant and complacent. It's the FA Cup. I don't care what you think. You should be. It's not a. It's not a run of the mill game. There's tradition uh, uh, b- b- behind that competition more than any other competition in the world. And we turn up in fucking tracksuits. Really? You might as well. Would you? Would you go for tea at the Ritz wearing a fucking shell suit? It, I, I'm sorry. It just kind of for me. I'm sure the Leicester players must have looked at and thought, "You arrogant bastards! What do you think? You do? What do you think this is?" Just another fucking game for you, is it? That's the point, isn't it? Because for Leicester, it was special. Well, it was. And if you saw, there was a, a very good article on there. Yeah, we can say what we like about Leicester. They are uh, they, they are no longer a yo-yo side. And they've got some... Fa- they, they, well, their, their recruitment policy is it's very good. They've got some terrific players in there. Um, and uh, and and he, you know, Brendan Rodgers has still got them in the top four at the moment. But... Um, he did something similar to the lines of um, uh, Robbie Di Matteo um, in Munich, where he he had the video with all the people from home wishing the players good luck and all this. And what Brendan Rodgers had got was every one of them had a postcard on top of their kit, yeah, with messages from their family, little pictures of the kids, and all this sort of stuff. Just little touches like that, right? Now, 
I'm fully aware that Tom Tommy Tuchel has done some good stuff, giving them a day off here and there. But I just think that whole thing looked, it looked bad. It made the club look bad. For a club that is obsessed with brand, which it is, right, um, from like that corporate business side of it, it looked it looked shoddy. It just looked shoddy, lackadaisical, call it what you like. And, and not at the time, I didn't think much of it. But now I look back and I think, I was I, really how, pissed off. That? how did I not, how did I not sit there and think? I was really it, pissed off, mate. Well, I think if a team did that against us, turned up like that, like that against us, we would have been pretty angry. Who yeah. the fuck do you think you are? See my tailor. He's called Simon. I know it's going to fit. That's the advice yes. I would have given them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a bit out of order, but I think it it's kind of indicative, isn't it, of, um, you know, well, I mean, I wonder if, to be kind, Tommy T was trying to invoke a bit of, um, you know, well, you know, come on, lads, it's just another game, you know, keep yeah. it on the down low. But the, fa- the fact is we know that for Chelsea, they don't, as a club, prioritise it like they do getting into the top four, JK, or, or the Champions League. And I think that's so... I mean, Matt Law made a really good tweet about it as well, actually, on Saturday, making that abundantly clear. And and that, again, is more evidence of how flaming well out of touch they are with supporters. I mean, I know I know it's all about the money and the branding and all of that, but Chelsea's entire history is founded. I mean, you know, you could you can pin it on that 1970 Cup final... So yes. much of the history and the tradition of this club is built on that. It's the yeah. FA Cup. It's really important to the supporters. Why do they not get this? I, I don't think they, they, they. I don't think this is happening that way. I, I, I don't think it's um, uh, a, a lack of knowledge of the traditions of the club. Uh, I just, I think it's the way that Tuchel was trying to to manage them. Yesterday. So, like, like I was saying, it was. It's only another game. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, but I don't think he's saying that. Um, negatively, I think he's telling them it's the cup final. I just think he's trying to to psychologically make it work for them so they don't overreact. I mean, you can be sure that they were all hurting dreadfully at the end of the game. He got them all to stand on the pitch watching the, mm. the, the cup being given over, which is uh, I thought was very relevant. And because um, that wasn't usual, because lots of the teams just don't bother, which is you could say disrespectful. So I think he was trying to imprint the lack of success. But they, you know, we lost it last year. So I think there was enough pain in that for them mm. to be motivated. I think, as as Tony um, said, uh, um, we were we were very um, um, thwarted. We were very stuck by not having a proper wing back to go up and down and provide anything for the for the uh, for the forwards because they were so worried about Vardy. But if we if we'd listened to Jake uh, on the Friday um, and had his scouts out, he'd have realised that he said that Vardy wasn't up to much at the moment. So uh, um, we perhaps needn't have bothered with Vardy as much. Though uh, though Vardy was a bit scary at the beginning and he did very hard tackle. He did very early on on um, Silva. He just almost went through him, straight through him. I'm surprised the referee didn't have a word with him about that. Um, but no, I, 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 I don't. I, I think it's something that I think it's a slight learning curve for for Tuchel as well. I'm not as um, I'm not as upset with lack of suits and uh, um, and being too, <laughs> coming across as arrogant. I, I, I've only I'm, ever seen you in a suit once, so that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Can I just, I mean, there's two, just two points that, that come out of that for me. One, yeah. making them stand on a pitch and watch the, 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 the ceremony 
uh, was good. If you if you ever listen to, I, I can't remember where I heard it now, but it was Gary Neville said the, the single thing, the thing that hurt him more than anything else in football was giving us a guard of honour yeah. at Stanford Bridge yeah. to, to, to cheer us onto the pitch. And he said, I wanted everyone in that team to fucking know how painful that felt so that we never had to feel it again. So I'm Absolutely. hoping that there's a spur yeah. there for, for, for obviously it, it, in two weeks. Um, but I, I think, I think you underestimate it. I thought Tuchel, I thought his post-match interview was cold. I thought it was almost dismissive of the fans. I agree. I agree. I, I, you I, know, I, and I think, it was, I think there's, it was but the point I was making is, is that it was? It, there's a lack of emotional intelligence. It could be a, a stereo, I could be being stereotypically uh, or stereotyping the Teutonic kind of mentality of, or the continental mentality of, of saying it as it is. Yeah, whereas, of course, the kind of British ways, polite manners, dress it up, whatever you want to call it. it for me, that post-match interview and Azpilicueta was completely as far from empathetic to how the fans felt as I've ever heard anybody do before. I think ever. I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in the yes. post-matches, so I won't, I won't beat them up too much for that. Martin... Uh, if we think that the club uh, uh, and the manager perhaps didn't take it seriously enough or, or underestimate how seriously we do, can the same accusation be levelled at the fans? And just, just to clarify what I'm saying here, one of the reasons why losing to Spurs in 2008, and I know you were there, you know, but why that hurt so much was that Spurs and their fans, hang on, Spurs and their fans clearly wanted it more. And, and we didn't turn up as a fan base at that match. I remember mm. seeing fights break. I was, I was sat behind the goal at Wembley in the lower tier. And I remember fights breaking out all the time of people trying to get the support up and people not being bothered because it was like, well, it's only the League Cup and we won all this stuff, so why do we care? And I really felt there was that attitude. Was, was, was there a sense of that yesterday, that we just uh, become a bit blasé of the success? I think so. Good. No, well, that's I why I, I asked you because you were there, mate. That's the no, point. Well, just just to, just to clarify as well, mate. I've had a lot of discussions on Discord and Twitter, and people say, "Oh, the bloody fans didn't make any noise. They were outside by Leicester." Blah 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 blah. And I've said, oh, "Were no. you there? Were you there?" Because if you weren't there, how do you know? So now you were there. You and you and JK were there. How was it? It's all right. I mean, I I I was right down the front. I was at two rows in the front, so. Rather than being behind it and hearing what's going on in front of you, I couldn't maybe hear it as much behind me. But I wouldn't, you know, people moaning about atmosphere and not taking it seriously. You know, TV could tell all sorts of fucking any story they want. We, they, we've, they do we've indeed. Talk, we've talked about this enough with microphones getting switched off and yeah. the high end at Anfield yeah. the lot. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're that concerned about not making noise, you know what to do. Turn up. I have to Buy a say, ticket I, and turn I, up. Yeah. I didn't notice any. Uh, um, uh, I wasn't aware of thinking. Um, oh, oh my goodness, the Leicester fans are, are louder than us. You know, there was some huge carefrees. There was some huge um, uh, um, um, blue flag flyings, which you know um, I thought were excellent. No, the, I, only, I, the I, only time I heard the Leicester fans was when they scored, and then when Ben Shilwell came. On. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> then, and also when they when they thought they thought they were possibly going to win it, and it all got very shrill. It all got very excited, you know. It all got very uh, like a like a but, load of girls at a Beatles concert, mate. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea at the nineteen ninety four Cup final. 
apparently Chelsea were the uh, the volume levels for Chelsea were huge the decibel levels because we hadn't been in a cup final for 24 years um but um uh, yes so uh, I, I I think that's that's somebody putting microphones on the Leicester fans. Mm. Well, they certainly put the bloody cameras on them all game. Oh, no no cutaways at all of the Chelsea fans. Really pissed me off. Anyway, back back to the uh, the match, as it were. I, I think, look, you know, my, my own view of it, fairly sanguine, really. I don't, I don't think we, was hot, we were half as bad as people painted us. We defended oh. really, really well. I thought we had the best the first half. I thought Leicester may have had the better chances in the first half, but they didn't really create anything. We did. As always, and this is the point, well, second half, I thought we didn't turn up at all for about half an hour, and I cannot for the life of me understand why. Maybe they're a bit leggy, I don't know. Uh, and then Leicester scored an absolute worldie, I have to say. And then we, the last 10 minutes, we really gave it a go. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's a cup final. Reminded me a lot of very old school finals. You know, we were all saying on Friday we wouldn't be surprised if it was a 1-0 and it could go either way, and, and thus it proved. However... However, 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 Tony, um, if we were being critical as we should be, it's the bloody finishing that costs us again. Oh, we had three shots on goal to Leicester's one, uh, in, on, on that's on target, and four off target to Leicester's three. Yeah. We just this is what is letting us down, match after match after match. Because if if we go a goal down, okay, which is rare because we don't let many in. Then they all play with 10 Martin behind the ball and it's really hard to break them down, irrespective of the fact that we can't finish. But, I mean, having said that, I mean, I know I've I've plumped this in later on, but, you know, Schmeichel made two world-class saves. On another day, that Mount goal, that's a goal for Mount. People I know who were behind the goal said they thought it was going in. I was behind the goal. There we go. I went and then he's just somehow got a hand to it, tipped it around a post, and that's the point where you just go... Yeah. It's not our fuck, day. Fuck it. That's yeah. it. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Well, number one, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. We should have nabbed him five years ago. Right. Um, because I don't care what people say. He is an, he's a world-class goalkeeper. He's wonderful. Great goalie. I agree, Tony. Great yeah. goalie. Uh, secondly, <laughs> your question begs a different question of why the fuck you didn't play a striker. And I'm sorry, I've been watching this now for since he's taken over. Giroud and Abraham have been sidelined, exiled even. Okay. Ex- excommunicated, mate. Yes. And, and Tammy Abrahams is still our top scorer. It might only be 12 goals. But how many would have been had he been persevered with to the degree that other players, I'm not going to mention them all, but maybe Zayech is one of them or whatever, and Werner. Yeah, I, I still, I'm, look, I've long been critical of playing a lone striker or whatever. However, it worked with Drogba. Uh, it worked to some degree with Diego Costa or whatever. Um, and I just think when you've got players like uh, Havertz and, and Zayach, arguably, but Werner, who are very fast and Pulisic, who can get down the wings, who can get behind people, you're playing into the box with a better guarantee that someone like Giroud or Abraham is going to be there because that's their job. If your job is a false nine, which is like occasionally get a goal or whatever. We haven't got a Frank Lampard who's running into the box all the time. Then it just defies belief that one of your players, who's the top striker, isn't even on the fucking bench. And I'm, I just, it staggers me that, that number one, we've got this idealistic vision that we're going to get goals across the team. No one's doing that. 
no, nobody scores bodies. from midfield, so you're going to get no goals from that precisely, midfield. Precisely, precisely, right? And 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 secondly, I mean, like, this is a warning to anybody. If you come up to me in the cock and you talk about <laughs> the XG KPI, you're going to get a pint of Guinness, an empty one, rammed up your fucking arse because it's the biggest load of shit. Going I'm glad you said empty, Tony. I would AG, I'm glad, actual goals. I'm glad you said empty, Tony. I wouldn't want you to waste a full one. Oh, shit, no way. I'm not, Especially I'm if not it was shoving, mine. <laughs> I'm not shoving good. This XG shit and. And it seems like a modern day obsession, and I'm, I'm hoping that Tuchel isn't wrapped up in KPIs, and that wasn't the reasoning behind his. We were unlucky because we had more shots. Well, apparently, the stats showed that we shouldn't have lost. Well, maybe they they they, they did, but the fact <laughs> apart is, from the other, apart from the important one, which was Chelsea nil, Leicester one. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I find it amazing. So uh, you know, I'm not quite sure why. Tammy's been exiled, or unless there's a secret development plan going on behind the scenes. <laughs> His girlfriend like doesn't seem movie. to think so. His girlfriend <laughs> was quite vocal, wasn't no, she? Tony, Tony, they're actually... going to sell Tammy Abraham for one million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. Yes, Doctor Evil. Is that a bit uh, low? Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I was. I'm, that, that's just another one of the things that I'm fed up with. We had. Nothing really on the bench to to bring on to to agitate them. Oh, oh so Oli Giroud, I, I think his mind's elsewhere now. I think his mind's at PSG or whatever because of you know the, the and you've got the Euros coming up and he's hardly been used at all as well. So I just think it, it just strikes me as very odd. Maybe maybe Tuchel doesn't like strikers typically like that. Maybe that's the way the game's going. But I, th- I still think you need. That target man capability on the bench, even if you don't start with it, someone who can come on. Uh, and you know, I, I look at Tommy Tuchel, and I think he would have been saying, "We don't like that Didier Drogba. What does he? What does he really contribute other than his fucking goals and his defending, <laughs> and and he's running into the corner with two minutes left, holding off five fucking opposition players. So they can't get the ball. Other than that, what does he do? So I, I find that what a bit... have Romans ever done for us, mate? <laughs> exactly. I find it frustrating. And, and, and I've seen lots of criticism of Werner. And I still think those players... I mean, Werner... You know, I, I watched the uh, Tottenham Wolves game at the weekend. Harry Kane spent half that game offside. OK, but what he does is he gets back quick enough when the move's coming. He seems to have a sense of it. But I still think Werner and those players are creative enough. They just don't have anyone to feed. They don't have a, a kind of drogba arguably on his day, Costa kind of monster who's shitting the life out of defenders, yeah, if he gets the ball and gets one actual attempt at goal. Maybe Giroud would have been able to do that, but he's featured so little lately that I just don't think... I think he's been a consummate professional, but his heart isn't with it anymore, I don't think. So it's a frustrating... It's a very frustrating thing to see. I don't think he's the man, though, for this setup. So I, 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 I honestly... But use you know, what I'm, you've got, J.K. I know, I know, I know but I, what you've got. when he ha- when he does come on, um, and I don't think it's fair to say that it's because he hasn't played much. When he does come on, they're not very good at finding him. They're not very good at playing that system with him in it, because I don't think that's what they practice. They don't practice having a uh, a striker who um, receives the ball and then and then lays it off. It doesn't seem to be the way he's interested in playing. And I think that that Abraham will be sold because he doesn't want to play that way. He doesn't want to play 
with a, with a kind of Lewandowski. He doesn't want to play with a forward like that. I think he'll he could buy a Kane because Kane is unbelievably industrious in other other areas of the pitch. In fact, Kane to me is the absolute perfect purchase um, for the uh, for, and I that's that's and I I would love to say I think that that both Giroud and and Tammy are both the panacea, but he 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 doesn't want to play them. He doesn't want to play that way. It's not a it's not a personal thing. He doesn't think that they contribute enough as a for the team because he likes everybody getting involved in every other area other than just getting up and getting the ball and and possibly scoring there's always that i agree with you but it, if he's made a decision they're not part of my, the fabric of my side what you know i, I almost feel he, he hasn't got enough time to experiment with it tony because he's only got that he, possibly is it because you know at the end of the day Maurizio Sarri didn't like eden hazard taking players on because he wanted him to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was fucking wrong. No, he was and we wrong. We all told him he was wrong. I agree, I agree. Yeah, I so... agree, but we can't... I don't think it's fair to say to Ducal, you're wrong in this instance, because, you know, he's only been with us for three months. And, you know, if at the beginning of next season, it's all the same again, I think we could all go, for fuck's sake, what's going on? But mm. at the moment, trying to play with the players he's got, I'm not convinced every time Giroud comes on, he looks... He doesn't really... He doesn't get the service. They don't seem to know how to play with him. Now, whether no. they, whether, they, whether he should be actually um, on the training ground as a as a you know in the last yeah. twenty minutes feeding them crosses, yeah. he knows how to deal with. But also, we don't seem to be very good at, at crossing to him. And then the few occasions he does get a chance, he either did it against the Arsenal game, he shanks it, or that wonderful moment where he hit the bar, which would have been a great goal. Or you get a worldie. But the other rest of the rest of the time, his touch isn't very good. He's not getting the ball very often. And you think, is it, if he's, it's like a, um, uh, you know, it's cash 22. If he doesn't play very often, he's not very fit. And if he, he's not really on the pace, and if he's not on the pace, it's good he doesn't play very often. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to support um, the manager in this instance, just because of the sm short, small space of time he's had working with the players. He's got an idea of what he wants. And it doesn't actually include Giroud or Abraham. I, I'm, and that's just the way it is. And I think I think we have to reappraise yeah. what happens next year when when he has access to a to a, a, a either purchasing somebody or changing it around. I don't know. You know, Martin. I, I... Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I so he did. He put his hand up. All right. What yeah, more can I, I say? Mean, I mean, I, I, I think you know, a manager who has. Uh, managed Aubameyang and Mbappe does doesn't have a problem with using strikers, um, so I think that's a bit unfair. Um, <laughs> I just think he's. I was not impressed with Drew one bit at Arsenal. The minute he came on, Arsenal defenders visibly relaxed because they didn't have to worry about balls going in behind them or anything because they knew it was all going to come over the top. That they marginally improved it a little bit on Saturday, but it still wasn't great. It's sad what's happening with Abraham, but if a decision is made to move him on and someone else comes in, I would I would support that. I think I I'm not as convinced that Tammy Abraham would be making a difference in these games at the moment. I don't know mm. what this is you know, this, it's the sight test with me. Something's not right there. He's not happy, he wants a fresh start, which is fine, but um whether that's you know been just because Lampard got 
moved on. I I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll never Let's know. See, I mean, that one, Harry Kane we? apparently has put in a transfer request this evening. So. Has he really? Indeed. Not in a million years will Daniel Levy sell him to us. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't sell us a virus to quote no, uh, exactly. to quote Ferguson. You never know. Fun, stranger things have well, happened. They need the us, money. Us, us, well, they do, but I suspect he'd be going to one of the Manchester clubs if he goes anywhere. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, the re- the you know, look, uh, Kane has had enough of Spurs because he wants to win trophies. So, you know, we've got as much chance of winning trophies going forward as City and United. And I would say better than United. But uh, we shall see. Um, we need to talk about uh, the, the, the goal that was and the goal that wasn't. Um, I'd be very interested to hear what, what you all think. Um, I, I, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Martin this one first because... I, I, you wouldn't have. You, this was at the other end, was it? Was it? Was it? At, it was at our end, wasn't it? No, it wasn't at our end. No, it was at the Leicester end. It was at the but Leicester I was, end. From where I was in our end, I could see the arc of the shot. I mean, because there's so many things. There's so many things about this goal. You know, was it a handball by Perez? It was a poor pass by James, unless it was a, a, a handball by Perez. Then for me, you know, uh, Jorginho, as always, not covering absolutely nowhere, pointing to everybody else, telling them where he should have been. Silver backing off. I mean, for fuck's sake, even we said it on bloody Friday. Seriously, we said this on Friday with Jake. You know, Tielemans is a really good player and he likes to pop him in from distance. So what do they do? They back off him and gave him room to shoot. And that's before we even get into would, uh, you know, would should Kepper have saved it? Would Mendy have saved it? So a lot, lot, to, lot to dump on you there, Martin. Try and make some sense of that. Good luck. Well, oh, um, well I initially said Mendy would have saved it. Um, I still think he would have, but I also think, crucially, if Mendy was in the goal, I don't think Chilemans would have had the shot. Because the players around the league know that Kepa is susceptible to shots from distance. They have all the analytics in the world to tell them this. So they're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, gamble. If they get given 10 yards of space, whatever, how it happened is... You know, don't give anyone space. Look at how fucking Di Matteo did it a few years ago. He had loads of space and just belted it. Great goal, mate. Whatever way goal. you look at it, it was a great goal. It's a exactly. it's a great goal, but you could, as with a lot of a lot of goals, you can argue that there's three or four different things that happened before the goal that would have prevented it had certain people done their job properly. And you know, Jorginho directing traffic nowhere is just you know indicative of him, really. It is indeed. However, however, it was based on a travesty. <gasps> it was based <gasps> on a lie. <gasps> it was based on ineptitude. This needs it sound was based all the men territory collusion, here. <laughs> collusion between referee and VAR. It was handball. Well. I even excuse me before you say well. I even in the stand in the stand in my unbelievably annoyed second half, said, that was fucking handball. I said it like that. <laughs> and and when you look back at it, when the uh, I saw it on Match of the Day, um, I don't quite understand how the referee can't give it as handball. The arm is in a, a strange position out, and it doesn't matter it hit his leg, and diverts the ball so he gains an advantage from the handball because it goes into Tielemann's path. So it's therefore a handball. So why is that? Why are we disputing it? Why are even you, Chidge, going, well, 
it hit he he applied his hand to the ball in a it wasn't down by his side he went with his hand out and he handled it and gained an advantage what happened in 2017 suarez not suarez um sanchez sanchez he put his hand up he palmed the ball forward and it was it was fish face idiot referee What's his face? What's his name? Um, any, any one of ten. Yeah. Take your pick, man. You know, but yeah, and and he just and he then he then consulted the linesman and gave the goal if it, because it was pre-VAR. But it's exactly the same thing. You've gained an advantage from handling the fucking ball. What? Why can't you give? Why can't you give a foul? It was it. Um, um, Gabby Thing, Yorath on uh, Match of the Day said, oh, it would have been very difficult to such a great goal to have actually given a foul. Why? That's it was a point. foul. It's a foul. You don't give it. You have to go back on it. And the whole of their game plan is then based on that. And the fact that we gave the goal away like that. Yes. All right. We didn't. Um, you know, Jorginho wasn't there and Silver backed. But nonetheless, it was a foul. So, you know, I'm I'm bemused as to why on earth we seem to be constantly happening. They simulate similarly previous last year, um, uh, um, uh, Kovacic sent off and he's the one who's been fouled. I mean, it, we, we're not getting a great deal of successful VAR decisions, are we, in cup finals? Or, 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 or luck. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, or luck as and well. And I mean, interestingly enough, we were, we were kind of berating... Tommy T a little bit for his post-match comments and actually I watched the press today as well and he talked about luck a lot and come on we've all racked up a huge number of games between us and we all know that luck has a huge amount to do with football the greatest oh shut up Alexa the um you know the (laughs) good job Alex is not on the show tonight isn't it you know, we all know. I mean, you know, the the greatest night in my life for a football match is Munich to 2012, and boy, did we get a fucking huge dose of luck. Luck plays a part in football, and we are not getting the rub of the green on that point, J.K. And I will, I will bring you and uh, uh, Tony and uh, Martin back into this, but it's a good segue because VAR fucked us again. I think. I mean, yes, by the line drawn by the uh you know the geek at Stockley Park you could prove that it was offside by a Nat's cock but equally and this is somebody who worked in TV for 25 years so i know how many fucking frames there are per second and yes. on the line that's drawn the ball has clearly left silver's foot so how can they say definitively that that's offside. Roll it back by half a fucking frame. In the old days on film, JK, as you, you old people like you and I know, you would be able to see frame by frame. Right? So, you know, I'm not convinced that this geometric crap that we're fed from offsides of VAR is entirely foolproof. And when you're dealing with fools like the measure of the ones you've got at Stockley Park, it needs to be foolproof. Anyway, Tony, there Martin, are, there, there are yes. leagues. There are leagues that have put a margin of error in on their VAR check. Yeah. So if it's a few centimeters either way, it's yeah. really, so it's like umpire's call in cricket, basically. Yeah. Because I assume it was his shoulder or his yeah. arm that was rolled So, so, yeah. but so if that ball touches it, it's blown dead anyway because he's handballed it, and that's fair enough. Free kick goes the other way. Yeah. How but can you be offside with a part of your body where it's illegal to touch the fucking ball with? Yeah, for an outfield I player. That, I think that's a that's a really good point, and and uh, they raised it on match of the day last week, I believe, um, where it was Shearer and Alan Wright. Uh, Alan Wright, 
Ian right. Um, I think Lineker asked the question that you know the days when it was when level meant you were on side have gone. Yeah, um, because the benefit of the doubt is being on that this weekend. The benefit of well, maybe he is. Why? Why shouldn't he be? To be fair, he is a Leicester fan. I've got no complaints about him. Yeah, but he's supposed to be an impartial broadcaster. I pay his fucking wages. Fuck him. He's football. (laughs) He's not. He's not expressing a political thing, is he? He's just you know, political as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, (laughs) I've got no objection to him being. Uh, slightly biased if it was a Chelsea boat. It wasn't I'd slightly. <laughs> but I, I think the, the, the point they're making about that is is perfectly correct. That level used to mean onside, and I think the benefit of doubt has been given to the team that have had the goal scored against them. And the simplest fucking thing would be to either introduce, as you said, a margin of error, yeah, okay, and a sensible margin of error, or change the fucking offside law so that there has to be a clear... Clear, clear bit of daylight between the attacker and the defender for its side. It's about an advantage, isn't it? At all, any overlap at all, yeah. it's onside. But it's fucking simple, then. Yeah, Tony, it's about it's about having an unfair advantage and penalising that. And 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 so, I mean, actually, fucking hell, mate. When Perry Groves is pointing this out, you know you're in trouble. But he was saying that um, all Brighton was nowhere. So Chimwell had skinned him. That's bad defending. And Sionchu was lagging behind the other. Defenders, that's bad mm. defending. So why is the good attacking play being penalised when it actually it should be the bad yeah. defending that's penalised? And, and I mean, here's the rub, right? These two were at that game. I was going apoplectic with rage. Well, with joy when the goal went in yeah. and then rage when it was chalked off. What on earth was it like for you two? You were there. Uh, it was like a monumental kick in the bollocks. Yeah. Spiked boots. <laughs> it was, I mean, the thing was as well, we didn't know there wasn't an announcement. It was only all we heard was the cheering coming from the other end. Then it said VAR offside. You go, what? Then it's you see, then you see everything on social media and you just think, well, what's the point? I mean, mm. there, there was a writer in the Guardian or the Observer, I think it was on Sunday, but no truck for Chelsea at all. And he just pointed out as clear as day Ben Chilwell did not gain an advantage in that, in that yeah. point of play. It's a harsh offside, and he just doesn't—he doesn't like Chelsea, and he said yeah, that. So, yeah. but we haven't. And we, it's not just us. We've seen it t- so many times this season, where it's—it's it's like a—it's almost a toenail. It's a ludicrous, and it's not just us. We've seen it with Tottenham scored. Well, at a, least you could a kick a goal the week. Yeah, Spurs. I mean, Kane got a goal the other week, wasn't it? And it was marked as offside. It, ludicrous. It was a ludicrous decision, and I just think, it, whilst whilst you pedantically sit there and go it has to be you know any part or any part of the body or whatever uh in front of the defender is offside that's ridiculous you need to either build a margin of error in there you need to say there needs to be clear daylight you know so that fuck the defender he's, he should have been quicker off the fucking mark really if he's got caught he's got caught that's as simple as that i just think it needs something out otherwise you're going to end up with this and, and, and there are people who are not renewing their season tickets because I can't enjoy well, a fucking goal anymore. And this is what I can't understand, uh, JK. And, you know, you and I have watched football for a long time. And the joy of football is about scoring goals and seeing great goals scored. It's not about some dickhead in Stockley Park drawing a line. So, you know, if they, they can't, on the one hand, be all for uh, building the brand, selling entertaining football around the world, if they're doing everything they can to chalk off goals, which is what they yeah. seem to be doing. It's nuts, JK. I feel like the impression that UEFA, uh, 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 FIFA, I should say, are, are debating changing the law, aren't they? In the I summer. hope so. 
that's one of the things I think but they're doing. I mean, I, 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 let him, let him it worked really well in the 2018 World Cup. There were, very few people had issues with VAR in that World Cup. Yeah, because very the referees few. all went and looked at the screen all the Cycling. time. Absolutely. There was a slightly different attitude towards it. And I think it may be the personal um, referees setups may have got in the way of all of this, the way they all want to be uh, perceived, which they don't like over here because they don't like um, having their original decisions being undermined. Um, but personally, I, 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 I'm afraid when we scored, I went absolutely berserk and, and the C word was used a lot. Um, what, chill well? And yeah, exactly. Chill well. And, Chelsea. And, uh, and weirdly, Jason Cundy. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, similar, similar sounding word. But I was so worked up by then that I actually went absolutely manic because already I'd, I'd already lost it with uh, Werner and I'd lost it with various other ineptitudes. And so uh, I'm afraid we had a big, uh, you know, yes, 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 yes. But because, because I'm... Um, I'm the, um, uh, even though I can't stand authority, when, when authority takes over, I just went, oh, okay, it's not a goal then. So we've lost. And, uh, and then accepted it. So, um, uh, knowing... We, we knew we'd uh, lost at that moment as well. That was what Immediately, so cruel, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And it was such a shame because it would have made for a really interesting extra 30 minutes. we would have won it if we'd have uh, had we extra would, time. Well... Both sides had um, had brought all their substitutes on. So it would have been very interesting. But they allowed um, one extra in it if it had gone stretch. Oh, and of yeah, course yeah, you yeah. would have done. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I was actually looking forward to that. I thought, great, this is going to be a really interesting half hour. Completely different kind of football would have been played in that in that period, and um, we were we were denied that. So we were denied the spectacle. So yes, uh, I mean, I, as I say, I I'm absolutely convinced they're going to make some law changes in the summer, just because they they're aware, even though they're they're very blinkered, they're aware of what's uh, well. What I think effect I, I, it's having everywhere. So. I think two things that would make it marginally more tolerable is to actually hear what's being discussed, because it's like a massive closed shop at the moment, and adding this margin of error. <laughs> so. I think oh, that, one, more, one the... more thing as well, Martin, I think, and it's been raised. Fucking it off. Is the, <laughs> oh, do you have a 60-second limit? If you, if you haven't decided in 60 seconds, the referee's decision stands. Fucking simple. Yeah, it's a good Big. idea as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, trouble is, is the, the, the trouble is the referee doesn't see it most of the time and the linesman, the linesman's role has changed because they're so worried about offside because they're not keeping up with play. So, um, if you can't make your mind up in 60 seconds, it's not clear. No, no, but but it's one down to ego, as then Tony, we're into that position where, yeah, frequently the referee hasn't seen it and he can't make a decision. And he doesn't, and the linesman doesn't want to say anything because he's deferring to the referee, so Mm. it it slightly gets in the way of the whole um process of what it's you're you're presuming that the referee is willing to defer to people and not be a a mini Hitler, whereas uh, in actual fact, the reality is that they're they're all utterly egotistic and don't want to be seen to have got the decision wrong. They, They would never say, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. They couldn't say it, so they'd make the wrong decision. Yeah, I just 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 want to come in on something there. Maybe to, it's really interesting, actually, because I, I think we've spoken more sense than all the broadcasters put together on, you know, the rights and wrongs of VR and what we should do going forward. But I was just thinking, you know, it really sticks in my craw that some idiot in Stockley Park is drawing lines and not taking account of frames, per, uh, the frame rates, and all of that, because it's trying to impose a false premise on it, and I think that really stinks. But Maybe what they should do, VAR could say, we think that that's offside. Get the referee and or the linesman to go and look at it on a monitor and look at it with the naked eye. 
mm. and see it at again full, at, at full speed. At full speed, Martin. Exactly. And if they think it's offside, fair enough. If they don't, that's what it goes with. The same, the same applies with late challenges and red cars, because a referee should be is the one person of the entire, you know, the VAR official, fourth official, whoever, who is at the pace of the game because they're in the middle of the pitch. So if someone goes in high, loses control on attack when there's a mitigating circumstance, it's pissing rain. Someone's slid into, you know, gone too far and caught someone high. They can make mitigation. If you've just got some guy in a booth saying, oh, that's a high challenge, red card straight away, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, re, the whole idea, you should not be re-refereeing. Re exactly. video, it's video assistance, not exactly video that. refereeing. Exactly that, Martin. And I think that's what I mean. Get the referee in the license and look at it. Sport. Well, you know, we it should... does seem a peculiarly British or English Premier League just... thing when you know when you see other leagues. Apparently, it works well in Italy. No, no they hate it. No, there's, there's as many. I've heard it. In the uh, Major League Soccer, no, they I've don't use the lines. No, they, 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 they don't use they don't use the lines in Major League Soccer. Apparently, they just use. I think six, Portugal, six, Portugal, and Holland use a wider line. Germany have had weird shit go on. I think there was one instance they where have zigzag lines, did they? <laughs> no, zigzag lines. Oh, hey. <laughs> no, there was, there was, there was, there was one incident in Germany where they've had to, they've blown for half time. Then VARs checked and gone, actually go back out. That's a penalty. They're already in the fucking dressing room for the, for the half time yeah, cup. Yeah, I've heard that. Listen, listen. Let, let's just wrap up this part, which has gone on very long. But why not? It's an FA Cup final. It's not not every week we get to talk about that. The last thing is, there's been a lot of talk uh, subsequently about. Chelsea bottling finals, right? And and for the record, uh, we've lost. Well, we've lost our last five out of seven since 2016. Obviously, we won the League Cup in 2015. So that's one, two, three FA Cup finals and a League Cup. We've won an FA Cup final and a Europa League. We also lost the UEFA Super Cup, which I, I I'm I I actually I count a UEFA Super Cup, whereas I don't count a Community Shield. There's an awful lot of nonsense written by some fucking journalists who should know better, saying we've lost eleven out of our last fifteen finals because they include bloody Community Shields. Get to fuck. They don't they're count. The, they're the same ones who mock Mourinho for including yeah, Community exactly. Shield in a trophy count. I, so. po- I pointed out to somebody on Twitter, or in fact probably the Discord group, I said, look, if you want to know how important a Community Shield is, I have never been to a Community Shield. Why? Because it's a pre-season friendly and I can't be asked, So they're not important. Um, anyway, I did a little tally of my own, right? So since... since uh, It's almost like saying since modern times. So when we went back to Wembley in 94, right? So since '94, we have won uh, fifth, not including Super Cups or Community Shields, right? We've won 15 trophies and lost eight, or won 15 finals and lost eight. And I thought, well, okay, well, what about what about is it a, is it a problem with experience? Are are we choking because we don't know how to win? Well, that's interesting because I, you've all seen my notes, my little table I did. You know, there are we've won well the, out of the squad. The, the first team squad, so the first 24, eight, uh, there, there are eight Premier Leagues that they've won. And this is not including, um, you know, Thiago Silva, who's won like millions of trophies and, and uh, Ziyech, who won an Ajax, uh, won a, a Premier, uh, you know, a, a, a Eredivisie in, uh, in Holland. And, uh, you know, um, Kovacic, who's won loads of, um, you know, um, European Cups. These are, you know, trophies won by these players in England. So, eight, eight, eight Premier Leagues between them, nine FA Cups, three League Cups, uh, 
13 Europa Cups, and I just thought I'd throw it in for good measure, two World Cups. So the players that have not won anything, Thiago Silva's not won anything in England, but he's only been here a while, obviously. uh, Tammy Abraham, Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner, Eduard Mendy, Mason Mount, Ziyech Gilmore, James Havertz. So all the players that have not actually won anything have hardly played over here. But actually, there's still an awful lot of trophy winners in that side. So I don't think you can genuinely say, oh, well, they, they, they choke because they haven't got any experience of winning anything, because plenty of them have, Martin. Yeah, to anyone who comes out of that is talking absolute bollocks to the highest degree. I mean, I've, lo- I've looked at the finals you've listed here. Um, did you so like my homework? Been... I was really chuffed with myself when I well, woke up on Sunday morning and did that. I had such a... I had such an ump on since Saturday. No, it helped. A, it was it was and cathartic. A, and a massive fucking hangover too. It was too, cathartic. But that's another matter. It was cathartic, um, mate. So of, of these finals that we've lost, okay. So last Saturday, we weren't at our best, but ultimately, a world class goal and two world class saves have have contributed to that. Twenty twenty, we were crap. Super Cup and League Cup, we were very good. Lost on penalties. Two thousand seventeen FA Cup, we were crap. And that's with far more experienced teams than we've had in the last two years. So, yeah, I, I'm not having that at all. The only, the only thing I would say, and there's a little bit of a concern, is I think Mason Mount's lost three finals at Wembley consecutive, if you include the playoff final. But you know what, Martin? This is a good point to end it on. He'll be in many, many, many more of that. Indeed. I have no doubt. Yeah. Next, the next, time, next time someone does say, oh, you've lost this many finals, you have to fucking get there first. Mm. I've already gone back to one of my QPR supporting friends. The fuck would he know about a know. final? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I, I was going to read out all of Marco's lovely posts that he put on Twitter and Facebook, but uh, we've covered nearly all of it. So I'll just read um, his last sentence, which I think really... If anybody who's listened to this show even for a short time, let alone 13 years, will totally get this sentiment. Best thing about today was having the crack and banter with a lot of people I haven't seen in 14 months. That was brilliant. Am I right, JK and Martin? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You were there, no, we I, weren't. I, I met up with uh, a mass of people that I went... went uh, it's, it's a group of people I've been to um, three European finals with. And, um, and it was great to see them again, yes. But I still would, you know... I. I can't swap it for victory. I'm sorry. No. So you'd have gone in your own and won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, you know, this is why I love our, our show. It's a broad church. We even include antisocial people. It's, it's, it's perfectly, it's okay, you know. Thank you very much. But now I'm drunkard. I've become a drunkard now. Ang- well, yes. Angry. You see, I knew we'd get you in the end, mate. And you know, ice cream. I ice cream. I can't end. believe it. I never eat ice cream. Never, ever, ever drink uh, on a on a on an ice cream filled stomach, mate. Although I actually, I realise that now. No, no. I realize. <laughs> All right, listen. We got a couple of our usual plugs as always. CFC UK. Uh, obviously, you know you can't. Well, actually, um, Dave was selling them at Wembley on Saturday, I believe. But uh, he was. Yeah, bumped yeah, into him. Yeah, nice to see him as well. Do you know that was one of my? I mean, somebody asked me on Discord earlier about little omens and rituals, and one of my Wembley omens and rituals was that uh, you know whenever I bumped into Dave selling the fanzine. I would uh, grab his cap and kiss his bald pate a la uh, Laurent Blanc and Fabian Barthez and give him a big hug and, and we would invariably win win the final. And, so it's uh, your fault, Yeah, you it's my fault. There we go. But anyway, you can, of course, get CFC UK uh, on... Well, not online, but you can get it by post. So if you 
uh, email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. You can subscribe uh, and pay two quid, I think, a copy, and that includes first-class postal delivery. Um, so there you go. Go and get one. There'll probably be one more, I believe, uh, uh, for the end of the season, covering the Champions League, I suspect. Anyway, the other thing is uh, our dear friends at Football Prizes, at football underscore prizes, their latest competition is for a signed and framed football boot from Kai Havertz, which might go some way to explaining his recent form. Because if he's only been playing with one boot, it's not good, is it? Tumbleweed. The other one is Tumbleweed. probably a, The other one is a velvet slipper. Okay. Yes, sweet prince. Anyway, uh, yeah, so if you want to win uh, a signed and framed uh, Kai Havertz foot, football boot, I don't know what boot... <laughs> das boot, isn't it? I was thinking... <laughs> if you want to win Das boot... From Kai Havertz. Oh, dearie me. Uh, tickets are £4.95 and uh, the link to the competition. You'll find this pinned on the at Chelsea Fancast Twitter uh, feed, by the way. But uh, it's footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Havertz. And the draw ends on a very significant date for all Chelsea fans. Uh, Wednesday, May the 19th. 7.30 p.m. So there you go. Ooh. Now, um, a very portentous evening awaits us uh, on May the 18th uh, in the evening, and that would be tomorrow, where we play bloody hell Leicester again. Who knew? And we will be talking about that in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back, Stanford Chidge here, Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and I have, of course, got Mr. Jonathan Kidd with me. It's great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, Mr. Tony Glover. Good evening. Nice to see you. And, of course, the wonderful Mr. Martin Wickham. Hello. Right, now, uh, we need to talk about tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, the match against Leicester. Uh, it's weird, isn't it, how often this happens. You end up playing people in a cup final, and a few days later you play them in the league. Or it, It's just weird how much it happens. Just to give people a rundown of where we are at the moment, Leicester is still third on 66 points uh, with a goal difference of 21. Chelsea are still fourth uh, on 64 points with a goal difference of 22. Uh, Liverpool, thanks to that spawny, corrupt, clearly corruptly given goal, because I was listening to it and uh, watching it on my flash mobile thing, and it had they had four minutes of added time. That goal was scored on 95 minutes and 14 seconds. Yep. And there was a West Brom had a goal. To and West Brom had a goal, which was not offside. I know. So anyway, those bastards are now on in fifth on sixty three points with plus twenty one goal difference. Spurs are now six on fifty nine points uh, with a goal difference of plus twenty two. And West Ham are down to seventh with fifty nine on a goal difference of ten. But Spurs and West Ham are basically out of it, as we all know. It's uh, down to uh, Leicester, us, and Liverpool. And as I worked out last week, if we win. 
We need to win both games. There is the rub. We need If we win both of those games, it doesn't matter what Liverpool do because Liverpool and Leicester will be duking it out with the fourth for the fourth spot. So there you go. We know what we have to do. But the question is, dear Mr. Kidd, are Chelsea... Oh, that went a bit weird, didn't it? I'll try that again. Are oh, Ch- I'll, try, I'll try that again in a bit more manly style. Oh, Gary Neville, wouldn't it? I went a bit oh. Gary Neville, didn't I? I'm, getting, I'm emotional. I'm emotional about it. It's, it's like, handbag. You know, handbag. Uh, yes, are Chelsea running out of steam, JK? Because I have a suspicion that the last two performances... I mean, you know what I said earlier on in part one? I said, weird how they came out in the second half. They just didn't turn up. And I thought, are they getting a bit leggy? What's going on, Jake? Mount not been at his best in the last few games? Are they getting leggy? Are they running out of steam? My Arsenal mate, I saw today. Um, I worked today, couldn't believe it. BBC Studios. Um, He said he couldn't believe how tired they looked. And I wonder whether that's something we've been missing. Just not being... uh, um, I know something we've just missed with watching them. I don't know. I, I don't think they're tired. I just don't think it's been as efficient, but perhaps it is that. Um, I was worried that perhaps we've been sussed, that uh, they're just pushing us out to the wings in the same way that we do that with other teams. Perhaps they're uh, they're forcing us to, um, uh, to not play to our strengths. We were talking about that earlier. I think that um, you, you have to play Reese James in his proper position. You can't specifically have him saying, it will heal. You need to stop that other player playing. Surely somebody else can do that. If you're then negating your, excuse me, one of your main attacking options. But um, um, we shall see. I think tomorrow night, won't we? If uh, if they fail to come out and impress, um, we know we know we're going to get the same same as before. They're going to play everybody behind the ball and boot the ball down the pitch and run after it, which is in essence That's is what football, they do. mate. Uh, Who wait, knew? Wait, uh, who knew? Who knew that was the way you could play? I mean, I was surprised they didn't. Um, they Vardy didn't get the ball uh, more often with the ball just being hoofed down the pitch, pitch by Schmeichel. But they'd they'd um, they got him tied up with that. Any long balls that went that way. But uh, no, I I, I I look forward to to what changes Tuchel will make because um, uh, it won't be the team that we predict. It never. That's Siri. That's Siri trying to get in in the act there, you see. I don't know. Who does he play for? I don't know what word I said. Signing him in the summer. Um, <laughs> I thought you said Sari for a minute. Yeah. Like, Fuck me, he's not coming <laughs> yeah. back, is he? Uh, uh, Siri and Sari, same thing. Um, uh, no, I, I, so Siri, I, 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 I'll be in. We, whoever, I think he'll, he'll pick a different side and we won't know what he's going to pick because mm. he's trying to find, he might pick well, less, we'll, less we'll, we'll, players. Perhaps he sees the same thing. We'll, I don't think we can predict it. We'll so. get on to that. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, what he said in his in his uh, presser today, Martin, because that kind of question came up, and and he he seemed to think, and he made a good point actually that uh, on an emotional, it's not just, and I'm always been talking about this, it's not just the physical fatigue, it's the mental fatigue as well, and I think this relates to what he said, uh, you know, that it's not easy to to manage three competitions at the same time you're switching from the highs of a Real Madrid match and then you're going to a, a league match and then you're going to an FA Cup final so it's it's really hard it's hard to manage in that situation and I and I, and I, I totally get that but his point was and I thought this was a really interesting thing he kind of he admitted that he felt that there was a drop of momentum and focus before the Arsenal match. He says, we know about the, the improvements we need to make in decision-making and composure in front of goal. That's That's been there for a long time. 
but it, that that lack of sharpness and he felt that you know we need the momentum back and of course the luck but you can't force it you can't try too hard you know and i i, I think he makes a really good point but that's what it's about isn't it it's that sharpness that focus i myself think uh that you know put it this way martin if they don't walk out onto that pitch fucking angry against Leicester, I give up. Yeah, they've, you know, if you can't get pissed off at losing a game like that to Leicester, then don't bother, just fuck off. I mean, we do need to, you know, liven things up on the on the pitch tomorrow. I, I'm not even going to try and predict the team. I'd hopefully Kovacic is fit again, playing alongside Kante. But uh, I do take the point about, I think the combination of going through against Real Madrid and then beating Man City a couple of days later, I think it it did knacker the fuck out of them. Well, emotional, whether they they thought it was, whether it was just like, oh no, physically I feel great, and then mentally they're just like, oh my god. Well, yeah, it's emotional (laughs) energy, mate, and it it takes a lot out of you. I mean, it's it's an interesting. I'll give you an example, completely unrelated to football, but very very salient. A lot of the work that I do, and I speak to people, and they're going through a huge amount of emotional turmoil one way or another and they all complain of being really really tired that's the point it it, it, spending emotional energy is exhausting tony um number one are they running out of steam but secondly more importantly you know we've got to win these three games and you know none of them are going to be easy you know we've got to be leicester who are a good side i mean you know we didn't get beaten by a bunch of pub uh, by a pub team on saturday they are a good side and Villa will be no mugs, and they'll have JT there, and the whole portents of that are making my skin crawl. But and their fans are back. And their account. fans are back. And they hate us. And they hate us. And then we've got Man and City, we, who are we, arguably the best team in Europe. So yeah. can we do it? And I mean, yeah, I'll ask you if we can do it, but I just want to point this out if we don't do it. And I've written an article which actually went live uh, whilst we were on the air. So it's uh, I've retweeted it from both the fancast and the ye old Stanford Chidge account. But... Um, you know, if 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 Tuchel manages to 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 manage us to losing the FA Cup and the Champions League, and not getting in the top four, you could say that he's no and that's no better than Avram Grant, who lost the League Cup in two thousand eight and the Champions League to Man United, another Manchester club I hasten to add. Uh, of course, we kept, we ended up set, uh, second there. I've got a horrible horrible feeling that this is not two thousand and twelve revisited, but two thousand and eight. Tony, am I just being an old curmudgeon and a and a you know a pessimist as always. Not at all. I, th- I think old curmudgeon and pessimist that that's, that becomes a default of supporting Chelsea for more than about a year. I think you just end up in that kind of position. But I I hope I hope the the, the bubble hasn't burst at completely the wrong time of the season because it's been so steady under Tuchel. Um, I personally won't be joining any open top bus parade for fourth place. You can shove that. I want trophies. That's that. Okay. Um, so um, I'm going to mention it now, but this obsession with fourth place or third place or whatever seems to be just that step along the arsenalification of our club. And I hope it fucking changes soon because otherwise um, I'm not interested in a, a club that tells me that success is fourth place. Um, I I really don't want that. I'd rather we were fucking fighting relegation and having some excitement or something, some spirit and soul back. From a point of view of 
but look, I'll be honest with you, and I, I've nothing's changed my mind. Um, I, I think if we turn up in Porto like we did on Saturday or against Arsenal, we're going to get destroyed, right? The, the only thing that seems to spur us on is when we're underdogs. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, yeah, but it I just do. seems to me Definitely. we were underdogs against Real Madrid, we won. We were underdogs against City, we won. Um, we were marginal favourites on Saturday and we lost. And uh, we were favourites against Arsenal because they've had such a dismal season. And guess what? They fucking done us at home. So I, I, I think it, it is it's a difficult one. I think if we don't get fourth and we don't get the Champions League and we've lost the FA Cup, it makes it a marginally worse season than Frank had last year. Okay, I don't think it goes back to that Avram Grant thing because Avram Grant. I'm being was... naughty, Tony. I know you are, and I know you're being naughty. I mean, yeah, Avram Grant was such an unbelievably shit appointment, <laughs> right? <laughs> it would have been the equivalent of fucking sacking Frank Lampard and going and get Tim Sherwood in. We'd all been going, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but I think we know that the, 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 the only time you're going to be able to judge Tuchel and uh, his his alleged abilities will be next season. If we don't see progress next season, if we're not fighting for the Premiership um, in a meaningful way, like no one has this year outside of City, you know, United, uh, uh, whatever they might think, are miles off. We're miles off. Leicester are miles off. No one's got close to City laying a glove on them. Liverpool might be back next season, but I think they've been sussed out to a degree. So I want to see a little bit more, but um, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't go down that route. I would say that if we don't get fourth and we don't win the Champions League and whatever, then you've got to say, would our season have been any worse had you not made the change halfway through it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you want Europa League football next year? Well, I, I mean, I, I... I do because the venues are more interesting. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really care. In a, in I don't a... have the. There's this real snobbery about the Europa League, and it's yeah. just. It's in my of, view, it's, yeah. it's new football fans yeah, predominantly, yeah. and I just like if we're in it, it's because we're not good enough. I to get it. Champions I League. mean, I was always oh. a cup winners' cup fan because I always yeah. thought that was the, yeah. the, the the second best one, really. But I, I, I mean, I, I I guess my current persona of my current mood is is surrounding two very abject performances. We we were abject against Arsenal, and nothing changed for Saturday very much. I don't think. I think that's, I just, that's, I just, that's it was like you can carry it over. And I think Martin's point about you, they could have been mentally knackered. They've just played Real Madrid and Manchester City. Like, which you, people go, oh, but it wasn't real Real Madrid, was it? They weren't a very good. It was fucking Real Madrid. In a right? Champions League semi final. Exactly. So I, I'm not having that old bollocks about it. They, you know, it wasn't, they, they were a very poor Real Madrid. It's funny how when we beat a team, it's because the other team have suddenly yeah. become poor. Rather than we become good, totally so, agree. Totally yeah, agree. I, I'm, I'm not confident. I'm certainly not confident tomorrow, um, and it'll be a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show if we win tomorrow night. I think because the one you wanted was really a trophy. Aston Villa, haven't we got a pretty dismal record there? Aren't there. We? Yeah. Apart from mm. when Frank breaks the record, obviously. I mean, yeah. look, I, I'm totally with you, Tony, and. I mean, it's a really interesting point. I mean, I know we'll all be really gutted if we don't win the FA Cup, which we haven't. We don't get top four. Um, top. I mean, finishing top four, we either do or we don't. I mean, I love Champions League football and I understand it's important to the club, but as a supporter, I like, I like to see us win stuff. 
So whether we come fifth, sixth, fourth, third, I don't. It, it's 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 all much the sameness. Uh, if we don't win the Champions League, if we don't beat City, that'd be no disgrace. I'll be absolutely monumentally gutted, and it will feel awful. But the reality is, is that it's interesting. With the point that that Tony makes, well, it'll be marginally worse than than the season with Frank, and he's kind of kind of right in a way. I mean, there's an argument to say it's, it's actually marginally better because we would have got to an FA Cup final. We might have, let's say, we finished fourth. All right, let's 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 say we finished the same as Frank did, and we lose a Champions League final. All the, all of us here know. I mean, even even going back as recently as uh, February, none of us thought that we would beat uh, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, let alone get to a final. I, I thought we were years away from that. I mean, I know it's a tournament where luck is involved. It's a knockout competition. But I thought we were years away from that. So that, I have to say, whether we like it or not, is substantive progress. However, JK, we want to win them, don't we? Of course. Of course. It's all about winning. Yeah. Because little eyes have... have lit up just at the <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> because then we'll all have a better time in the pub, or not, as the case may be. Yeah. I can have. Now uh, you're an angry drunkard. You can. I'll have a, yeah, I've, I've become an angry drunk. Oh, God, what's happened to you? Whose influence is it, I wonder? It's probably mine. Yeah. It's <laughs> Mayor Culpa. <laughs> Yeah. So do you yeah. think we can do it, JK? That's the point. I have no idea. No, that's the beauty of it, Absolutely isn't it? Absolutely no idea. I don't know. Uh, these past two games make me feel that we'll lose easily. These past two games make me feel that if they score first, we'll never score again. Um, we, we're just suffering from the same problem we've had uh, if we keep bringing it up all the time. If they can't score, it's no good believing that that we'll keep to nil-nil and just nick one. We've got to do something about about being more, as he puts it, precise up front. It's the same problem. This is why um, uh, I'll be disappointed, but I really think next season is when he makes them into the side that we all believe yeah. they should be. And yeah. once again, we have to just take our hats off to the brilliance mm. of a manager who takes a club over who are 10th, as you say, no possibility of us beating Atletico and gets them to play in a way that um, uh, puts them into all these finals. Mm. And um, and he's done it in such a short space of time. Give him a pre-season. Give him a couple of extra players. Give them all playing the way he wants them to play. I still think we will take... We will do do it all again next season. And we will win. I have great faith in that. I really do. I, I think it's a real... I mean, because it's interesting, isn't it, how how the, uh, the narrative gets spun out by the media. But you, I have you absolutely right. You know, he he's taken over a team halfway through the season, well, two thirds of the way through the season, a team that was had, had hit a wall in many respects, and he's turned that round and, and he's he's got us, you know, in a Champions League final, FA Cup final, you know, chance of top four. Um looking a very different team in the process. But he's had no time, he's had no summer transfer window. You know, this is not his team yet, you could argue. So I think I think he's absolutely earned the right. Even if even if we spunk it and don't get in top four and lose the Champions League final, I still think he's earned the right to to have his own. You know, to start building his own team, getting the kind of players he wants in. And I I mean, you know what? I'll be gutted as you wouldn't believe because I mean, you know, come on, half of us didn't think we'd ever see us win a bloody FA Cup again in our lifetime, let alone what we have won. 
just and and you know I don't joke about it. The greatest night in my life was being in Munich to see us win the European Cup. I say that with purpose, the European Cup. Because when I grew up watching fucking Liverpool winning it all the time, even bloody Forest and Villa, you know, and then Man United catching up and winning a few more. I mean, it's the beyond my wildest dreams to see this club, you know, winning a winning a European Cup. So if we don't this win it, why, I'll be gutted. But you know what? Is, we need perspective. But also, this is why I think it's really important that we get into the Champions League next season because he would have the potential of winning it. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about Leicester and we're going to be doing this all again in a couple of weeks' time, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we beat Leicester, lose to Villa, and then beat City in the Champions League final. I, I, it's just that, that, that is Chelsea, isn't it? It's kind of what we do. We never make it easy. We always fuck it up and do it the silly way. And I can see us, do, I can see us finishing fifth and winning the Champions League. It's just the kind of dumbass thing we would do. Mm. Anyway, let's get back to tomorrow because we need to beat Leicester. Well, I mean, I think we need to beat them really to, to absolutely beat the shit out of them tomorrow. I hope they're still drunk from Saturday. I think I have a suspicion that, that Leicester will be very off it tomorrow because the, if you just see what it meant to the players, the manager, the supporters, they had, you know, I didn't expect us, you know, to get any love at all. I, I expected everybody to want Leicester to win. I can totally understand. I got no problem with that. And they would have been caught up in all of that. And I, I think that they'll be off it tomorrow as a result. And you sure. see it so many times, don't you? You know, I, I, I can see them being really off it tomorrow night. Uh, I certainly hope so. And we need to punish them. We need to punish them for robbing us of glory and taking the piss after us. That Amati bloke or whatever his name was chucking the banner away. I hope that Tommy Tuchel's playing that in the bloody dressing room before they go out. Um, anyway, team selection. I've gone for Mendy, Rudiger, uh, Silver slash Christensen, because it, it depends on whether Silver's knackered or Christensen's fit again. Uh, James, because I, I think he might, he might uh, still have this idea about Vardy in his head. And actually, he can say, well, it worked, which is true to a degree. Chilwell, Kovacic is fit again, Kante, Hudson-Odoi as the right mm. wing back because I thought he actually looked like mm. he cared on Saturday and then Pulisic, Havertz, Mount up front. That would be my team. Mm. Martin? I don't have too much disagreement with that. The only thing, I'm, if Christensen is fit, maybe James out to the right and Christensen slots in. But that's totally, the totally. That's the only thing I yeah, would yeah. change from what's on there. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how how fit Silver will be. He's not too good on two games in the week, but you never know. And that that's the only issue with me. J.K. Uh, I've got no clue. Once again, I'll get it completely wrong. So, uh, but yes. Well, always, we all we I, get it wrong every week because he always puts a bloody red herring in there, can, doesn't he? One can speculate. Um, uh, I think he might start with Pulisic just because he hasn't started with him. Um, and he want to change it. I think he might start with Havertz because uh, he didn't start with him. Um, I think he'll probably carry on with Werner, despite uh, um, him playing very badly at the weekend. Um, um, it'll be Mount. Um, well, where will Mount play if that's the case? Perhaps he won't play uh, Pulisic from the beginning. Um, perhaps he'll give Mount a, a rest and bring him on. Who knows? Well, we beat City without Mount, so Indeed, it can be done. Did. Indeed we did. It can be done. Um, he might play Kovacic just to give him a, and 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 uh, put Jorginho on the bench. Um, 
think a better so many, so many options but once again he'll have he'll have taken in what happened at the weekend and know that they'll play in exactly the same way so it's a question of him un, unpicking the lock and finding players who are fresher i think it likely that kovacic will play just because he hasn't played for four games um but uh yeah i, don't I know. think leicester could be more attacking tomorrow than they were on saturday Nothing to lose, although they do really, because remember they're still going for top four. They can't uh, afford they've, they've to lose. Got, this. They've got Spurs at home next game. They're probably confident. <laughs> well, there, there is that. Tony, what do you reckon, mate? I, I, I think English Dan has <laughs> summed it up perfectly in Mixer with the he'll probably play Emerson tomorrow just to fuck all of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is. Um, that. I, I, I think I'd be happy with that team. I think, I think. Hudson Odoi might be burning a little bit. He's he's got a point to prove, and Tuchel has been very supportive of him um, uh, and critical as well. And I I, I think that seems to work with, with Hudson Odoi. Um, I, I wouldn't drop Mount. I would never drop your best players. Don't fucking care. Take your chances on whether they're going to get injured. But no, if you if you think it's as important as everybody seems to think it is, then put your best team out and don't fuck about mm. with experimentation. Kovacic is interesting because I think we have missed him. Um, as much as Jorginho has not really done much wrong apart from stupid blind passes against Arsenal, um, uh, I still think the better player, the better footballer and certainly the better tackler and the one who's less scared to go in for the tackles is Kovacic. And also he looks like a fucking hitman. I've said it before. So I think, <laughs> I put, I think he, he, he puts the heebie-jeebies up some of the fucking opposition players. So I, I'd go with that team. I'd be quite happy with that team there. Yeah. So too. long as they are practising, finishing the fucking oh, goal. It's too late for that. Taking mate. some shots and not fucking looking for the extra poxy pass all the time when you've got a chance. Too late for that, mate. Listen, one thing that I think is, is that we haven't talked about that I think will be really, really important, and I know that Martin and JK will both be there tomorrow night. I, I can't go for work-related reasons, which is very annoying, but uh, there's going to be 8,000 Chelsea fans in there tomorrow night. That, I think, Martin, is going to make a huge difference. It did against Leeds, and it did against... Well, Krasnodar was irrelevant by that. It's 2,000 at Leeds, so yeah, it's 8,000 here. I mean, it's good. It's, and it's just... I mean, the kickoff time is poxy for getting back, which doesn't help matters, but I think for us, a lot of people, it will be good to be back. I mean, is is the rail seating going to be in place? No, I don't think so. No, no. no it's close, close season. I think they've, they've started to... Oh, okay. I think they've started the work... But I don't think it's actually there. I think it's it was be, to be prepared during the. I call it a close season, pre-season. I don't know whatever you call it. They're building so, so, more. So, so. They're building more boxes in the uh, in the west stand. Right. Upstairs as well. Yeah. So. So there you go. So let's stick our colours to the mast. Uh, J.K. Four nil to Chelsea. Uh, three. 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 Okay. You're being quite. Uh, Careful, cautious. Jinxing it, Chid. Yeah, that old, that old. Just to that, for for, that for the avoidance of doubt, the old the old bloke on the Chelsea fan cast is jinxing it by announcing a three 0 win. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to go along with that. Yeah, okay, the old. Okay. Uh, what about the old bloke up in the top left, Tony? You're not going to like this, but I think we'll we, it'll be one one. One one. I don't honestly think we've got enough firepower at the moment to be ruthless. Mm. Okay, one one so three nil JK, one one Tony, and the young man down the bottom, right? Two nil Chelsea. Two nil Chelsea. Oh, if only because I was given a stat 
last week that our home games on Tuchel have either been goalless or 2-0. So... <laughs> You could have told me that I would have gone for nil-nil then. Nah, I thought it'd be funny just to leave you hanging. <laughs> I haven't gone that far back, Martin, but you're right. The last two home games uh, have both been 2 nil. I think the except the outlier was West Brom, but West Brom will always be the outlier. I, 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 we don't know, of course. I mean, I, I'm going to go 2-0 as well. I mean, I think I think we might batter them tomorrow for the reasons that I've said. One is that I think Leicester will still be drunk on the glory of, uh, of the FA Cup win. Uh, metaphorically and perhaps literally, um, Evans is injured. Evans is injured, and I think we'll batter them. But Chelsea battering sides usually only results in a two-nil win. You know, for other sides it would be four or five. Yeah, but, but Chelsea don't seem to be capable of scoring more than that. So I'm going to go with Martin. I'm going to go two-nil, uh, which is what we all want. So let's hope it bloody well happens. Um, very quick shout out for. The Supporters Trust. There's never been a more important time to join the Trust. Uh, membership costs £5, and as a member, you will have a say on important issues such as the European Super League, ticket prices, kickoff times, many other important issues as well. So make sure your voice is heard by the club, and as a member, you get to attend meetings, vote in the elections, and put forward motions at the AGM, and you get a lovely Supporters Trust badge. They are a thing of beauty. Uh, so visit ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and sign up today. And if you haven't already, go and buy a CPO, a Chelsea pitch owner's share. Uh, owning a share means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and it protects it from being sold to a nefarious property developer or whatever in the future, uh, thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home forever. Uh, and the, the lowest price is 31 quid for an, an electronic share and they go up in price depending on whether you have them framed signed one and presented on the pitch but uh, they are well well worth having we are unique in that respect that we own the pitch no other football club has this so there you go and if you want to find out more go to the official website chelseafc.com and search for chelsea pitch owners right we'll be back in a minute we've got a load of emails to read out Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge and uh, the Chelsea Fancast, of course, with Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, great to be on the show. Thank you. And uh, the right honourable, the right reverend, uh, Mr. Tony Glover. Bonsoir. 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 Do I, don't, I mean bonsoir? I don't know. You, bonsoir, monsieur. That's why. Yeah. There they go. I, 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 Your I, French hasn't improved since we were in Arras. I, 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 I contracted two words. I'm sure there's a, an English word. You did. You did. Do you, did you even I like that, though. Bonsoir means it's good and sure, doesn't it? Bonsoir, yeah. really yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> Good rescue, JK. Uh, yeah. And uh, my favourite drinking buddy at the football, Mr. Martin Wickham. Sticks, I can barely speak English, so I'll just stick to this. <laughs> yeah, all, he always gets his round in. There you go. Always. Never fails. Legend. Uh, right. It's a, it's a right ball right now because everything's gone card because you don't handle cash anymore. Ooh, so you dangerous. get very fucking dangerous. And then the next day you get an itemised breakdown of just how much of an absolute yeah. fucking pig you've been on the stuff. Yeah, I know, <laughs> no, mate, I know that feeling. Right, JK, we've got seven emails tonight. They're all deliciously brilliant. Uh, and the first one is from a, uh, Emmanuel, I think it's Okeri. Okeri? 
if it's French, it would be Ocquière. I don't, I don't think I don't know what he is, but you know, it, it is French. I'm who sure knows? It is. Yeah, let's find out. Is he on? Um, is he know. on? I don't, know. I don't know. Good evening, lovely gentleman. Well, he's 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 different from everybody else from the start. He's lovely. He's 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 lovely as well as saying we're lovely. Long time listener, first time caller, or more astutely emailer. Firstly, I'd like to thank you all for your amazing podcast. I've been listening since 2013, and the fan cast has been a staple in my weekly commute since then. I wanted to write this email to propose a slightly different view on the marvellous Mason conversation. As a precursor, I'd like to say I think he's been nothing short of amazing this season, and if he's not a shoe-in for player of the season, I will gladly eat my Happily, I don't think you need to provide us with evidence of that. I think that one of the reasons that people have been getting on Mason's back is not as a result of him or his performances at all, but rather about him in comparison to other emerging youth talents at his time. While Mason is arguably the first name on our team sheet at the moment, he's not always been the amazing player that he is. There have been a few performances over the years where he's had some off performances. Under Lampard, when Mason would, would not have a would have a not so good game, he would find himself in the team the next game, and the vote of confidence from the manager, in addition to his immense talent, of course, has led to him being the player he is today. If you contrast his treatment to the likes of Hudson Odoi or even Tomori, the difference is quite stark. Now that Tomori has been given a vote of confidence by a manager at AC Milan, he's thriving and has showed a consistency in performances that can be parallel to the likes of Mason Mount for Chelsea. So perhaps the reason behind a lot of ill will or negative talk about Mason is due to the disappointment in the treatment of other youth prospects by comparison. Thank you for taking the time to read out this email. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on this matter. Kind regards, Emmanuel. Well, uh, I personally think that... Um, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that explains it at all. I just think think it's it's bizarre because he's he doesn't even come up in our in our conversations here on the uh, on the fan cast. He's just completely brilliant. So, um, um, and I don't think people uh, are are comparing him to Adoy or Tomori. I don't think they've. And I'm not. I, I don't watch AC Milan. I I'm not sure what the level is over there that Tomori is so excellent. And perhaps it was something else that caused Tomori to leave rather than. Uh, an opportunity of first team football. Perhaps he just didn't get on with the manager. But um, uh, I don't think Adoy, I'm afraid, is as um, uh, is as consistent as Mount has been. I think, uh, and I don't think it's down to game time. I think it's uh, it, there's so much relevance in training. If if Mount is playing wonderfully in training, he gets into the first team. And whereas uh, uh, Adoy is is he's being publicly not criticised by the manager, but but Tuchel has said he just needs to make a little bit more effort, needs to be more precise. So he gives a reason for him not getting in the team. So, uh, uh, but I, I'm, I'm as, uh, I don't think that's the answer, but I'm as confused as you are as to why Mount has had a bad press when he clearly is completely brilliant. So It's jealousy, envy. It's wrapped up in a lot of things. You find most of the people that are saying this, uh, and, I, and I don't mean to be disparaging because it's not about that, but they do tend to not, be local shall we say so i think there's a lot of very complex psychological things going on with that what i would say is this i remember when john terry and frank lampard played you know started playing for chelsea and at a similar age mm -hmm. mason mountain is better than both yeah frank lampard certainly didn't get very much in the way of good 
impressed, did he, in his first few years? He was rubbish for us in his first. We used to call him Frank Lampost. Yeah, so I think... I mean, I I get slightly irritated by the... um, by the the jizz fest over Phil Foden compared to what Mount gets. But I think... um, you know, the fact that they're both going to be England stalwarts in a few weeks is, is, is very good for the country in terms of that competition. Um, they don't seem to be blighted by golden generation shit like previous ones have been as well. Um, but, you know, uh, the Tamori things, the, the, that's, I, I, someone told me that he, he was the fastest player in the Premier League over 50 metres or something. Um that something must have happened between him and Frank for him to be um, so apparently flourishing now. That's all I can say. Because he didn't do anything wrong with us. He would have been a fantastic one to develop. So I don't quite know what, you know, we we, we will never find out, I suspect. We don't even know how it's going to evolve. The rumours are that he's going to go there. But what what if we find him still a Chelsea player in the summer? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, hmm. intriguing. Got anything to add, Martin? Uh, not really. I think some of the criticism of Mount has been an attempt to engender a certain type of reaction um, that may not paint the person who reacts in a very good light. Um, and I think as well, I think on this show, everyone's been very mystified at the treatment of Tamori. So, mm, yeah. you know, he's been given a vote of confidence, but only because they've he got rotated in and out the side for a few weeks and he's yeah. playing now scored a wonderful goal against juventus but you know it's not <clears throat> i think someone did say that if um he'd held on a couple of weeks and was still there when tuckle came in he would probably be well and truly back in the first team because he's yeah, been a player. Yeah, and i yeah, do yeah. i really <laughs> it sounds bad because it sounds like I, I don't want him to do well in italy but i really hope ac milan don't have the money to pay out but i suspect that they will qualify for the Champions League and have it comfortably. We shall see. We shall see. The other thing I would add is that Hudson Doy is still quite young. You mm. know, he's he's only I think nineteen twenty, so his his time will. I'm come. just slightly concerned that four managers have expressed the same yeah, concerns well, about because him, but... they all develop at different rates. I, I also think that 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 Hudson Doy's got the, the an added pressure, in a sense that he he was a bit he's a bit of a wunderkind when he was very young. He broke into the side very young. Uh, he had all that Bayern Munich interest. I think that, I think I think there's a lot of complexities about Hudson Odoi. Yeah. He will need serious good, injury. Yeah, exactly. Serious injury. He'll need he'll need careful managing. But he's still very young, and I, I think you know, as I said, people develop at different times. He's had a lot of managers to change as well. I don't think that will have helped for his development at that age. Anyway, mm. uh, right, Rob Delcini, our old mate Bobby D. Um, Right, he says, I'm sure that by the time you read this email, you have dissected what has happened and now feel better, slightly. That's no. true. No, I, I am, I because you've cheered me up like I told you to. You've done a good job. Thank you. It's either that or the beer. I'm not entirely sure which, but uh, there you go. Uh, as I type this, it is 7am Sunday morning, having been awake until 4am and getting three hours sleep. At least it's he's in Australia, Tony. I can see your face yeah. looking No, crucified. no, 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 no. I, I, I've, yeah. yeah. At least it's Sunday and I have a day to recover. I spent the game flicking on and off the Discord group, feeling that some people are as toxic as the old Facebook group. Yeah, that they are looking for someone to blame, and the two names that kept on popping up were Tommy T and Kappa. Yeah, I know, Bobby, but, I mean, come on, mate. You know, 
it's it, uh, it, it look it's cup final people are passionate people get angry people say stupid things even i do for fuck's sake i always do i mean you know what we like at a game jonathan was expressing it beautifully earlier on so i know it's irritating but i wouldn't i wouldn't really criticize people for wigging out on a discord group but i, I know what you mean uh, anyway we win as a team and lose as a team to put the blame on certain individuals is unfair and unchelsea. Let's use the goal as an example. Some people blame Kepa, but did he make the bad pass out of defence? No. Did he push too high in a midfield to leave the defence exposed? No. Did he play in a defence that failed to close the Leicester player down? No. But I don't see anyone blame James, uh, Jorginho, Kante, Rudiger or Silva. You, you did hear me about uh, an hour and a half ago doing precisely that, so I'll stand by that. It's an easy cop-out to blame the goalkeeper who had no chance on an amazing shot. Then they blame Tommy T, saying his team select... Well, I'd criticise that a little bit, but I said say I was happy with it ostensibly at the start. And picking Kepper because uh, he caused us to lose. In looking at our performance, I cannot pick out a single player who played well and turned up. Sometimes people need to accept that we were just beaten by a better side on the day and no one played well. Yeah. One thing this game highlighted is we don't have a player that can pick the lock and burst through the door like Hazard used to. We're very German and mechanical in approach, in which the teams have now figured out. But Tommy T has only been in the job for a few months, and is... I mean, I keep wanting to do... I'm gonna, I think I'm going to write a book this year, and I'm going to call it Man Machining, in honour of Kraftwerk and Tommy Tuchel. But there is a bit of, you know, man... What? Interestingly, there was no chant, Tommy T chant, at the cup final. I did give... I did actually both send the lovely Angela, Angela D'Ambrosio... The and hello, Ange. I know you're listening. I sent her the lyrics of my Tommy Tuchel song and even the recording of it I made, and she said she would do her best to get get it going. I haven't heard from her since, so maybe she's been buried she, underground or something. Tried it and was taken away. In yeah, a, in white in by men in white coats. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. She's one of my favourite Chelsea people. I have to say, not least because she gets me tickets to matches that I just wouldn't get tickets for. She's an absolute diamond. Anyway, and a lovely lady. Anyway, uh, where was I? Right, what? La, 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 la. We're very German, blah, blah, blah. Tommy T has only been in the job for a few months and has inherited a forward line, which is seriously misfiring. He needs time to develop a plan B and C, and we cannot blame him for that. His selection and player rotation has got us to third, uh, our third Champions League final, so he can't be too bad. The players have played a massive part in getting us there, but it's the tactics of the manager that has made it possible. I don't expect Man City to part the bus and look for a mistake to win the final, which plays to our strengths. Good point. Uh, with COVID in the air this season, more than any others before, is very, very strange. Looking at the European results, it highlights that the English clubs have handled things better than any other country which could be down to the number of players being avail uh, players available and available rotations. Even Arsenal made it to the semi-final of a European competition. Well, that, that's a good point. Um, ask yourself or put yourself in the head of our three new young players. Within a few weeks of joining Chelsea, we're in lockdown. You can't travel and you're in isolation in a brand new country that doesn't speak the same language. For two of you, it's the first time you've played outside your native country, which is a big challenge in itself. One of you has caught COVID with bad consequences and none of you are playing well. I can only imagine how fun that could be and how it could affect your mental health. As you would know, Chidge, the younger generations are dealing with things differently and COVID is having a massive effect on their mental health. Very true, Bobby D. Uh, now, we have big uh, three big games left and our team needs our support, to which I have one last thing to say. We win together, lose together and up the Chelsea. 
Wise words, as ever, from the lovely Bobby D, who was, uh, I, I can confirm this because he was in the disc- Discord group on Saturday, he was drinking a bottle of Windy Peak, uh, a lovely red wine from the Balgowney area of Australia, and I did say to him, that sounds like me after a curry. <laughs> right, next one, JK. Hey guys, Adam Waldsack. Loving the show that keeps me chuckling whilst I'm monitoring the markets from home. Ooh, Adam. Following the Leicester match, I'm sure you'll have one thing to discuss that begins with the letter V. No, not kiddo's Viagra prescription dosage requirements. Oh, as he gets jiggy with all those beautiful Hollywood hotties he hangs out with. Shh, Adam. Don't tell me. <laughs> Only you and I know that. But V-A-R. The Hollywood hotties? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a Hollywood, a Hollywood hot hot water bottle. <laughs> but, but it's like a tabloid headline. <laughs> no, not the Viagra, but VAR. I'm in complete. Op- I'm in complete. I'm in complete opposition to your belief that VAR is a bad thing. I don't know if we've said it's a bad thing. Some of you have, Chidge. I haven't particularly. I wish it had been installed sooner, as it would have cut out all the injustices that we've had to face over the past 30 years. It's partly down to VAR that Spanish, Italian and French sides have struggled in the Champions League now that the likes of Neymar can't trip over their own bootlaces to earn penalties. Oh, interesting. Unfortunately, it's the competence of its use that now appears to be an issue. I have to trust that a referee making judgments from a container with access to numerous replays and camera angles understands what he's doing. So when the Leicester goal was allowed despite a handball, yes, 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 and Chelsea were denied a penalty for a handball against Arsenal, yes, yes, I assumed it was down to a change of footballing law I had missed in some subsection of the rule book. It's actually a law book, Adam. They call them the laws. Anyway, so I reread the rules. It's laws, Adam. So I reread the laws. If an attacking player accidentally touches the ball with their hand or arm and then scores a goal, or the ball goes to another attacking player and they immediately score, this is a handball offence. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So the person who made this decision was incorrect. Yes, which begs the question, should there be another referee in another container checking the decisions of the official in the first container? A derivative of a derivative While I ask these questions, and I'm not frothing at the mouth too much, well, I am. Why do VAR replays for offsides not show a couple of frames before the ball is hit? Yes, yes, Chidge, rather than afterwards. Replays of Chilwell's goal seem to begin when the ball was well away from Silver's brilliant cross. Should the number of frames per second be increased to a much higher quality for matches that can have such huge consequences. No, it should be the same all the time. It should be excellent all the time. Although in both the Arsenal and Leicester matches, we could argue we didn't deserve to win. I often hear the cliche from commentators stating that the best teams can play poorly and still get a result. When footballing laws are broken on the pitch and even missed by replay, what is the next step? My suggestion would be a to, to, would be my suggestion would be to allow one appeal per match from each side, like in tennis, where the referee goes to a pitch side monitor to look for him or herself. If the decision still stands, no more appeals are allowed for the match. Overall, I still felt Leicester had the better of us. It's not often we lack so much creativity in tight spaces. Three much bigger games ahead of us. 
And if you do read my email, I hope both Chelsea women will have beaten Barcelona, Barcelona side that averages five goals scored per game in their domestic league and that Liverpool have lost two. No, Adam, neither. Mm. Neither, Adam. Keep up Ad, the hard Adam, work. zero out of five. Zero yeah. out of three. Adam. I don't Valky. think Meatloaf ever sang about that one. Yeah. The left well, back. Barcelona were one below the average. The left back.co.uk. Oh, Adam. Adam. Good mail, Adam. Yeah, yeah. always always are from Valky, aren't they? And uh, I'm glad to see he agrees with me about my analysis of VAR and your analysis of the handball, JK. Yes. Yes. It's in the laws. Bloody mm. there. Exactly. I am the law. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm the reader of the next email. Not quite as glamorous, but there you go. And the next email is, this is brilliant, actually. It's from Brian O'Donovan, uh, who is from Clonakilty in Ireland, Martin. Hello. Hello. There you go. Is that near near your manor? No. Where's Clonakilty? <laughs> I think it's, I'm not sure. You you're fucking Irish, mate. How come um, you don't we- know that? Yes, I know it's not in County Wexford. After that, it's all fucking Dar- Darby <laughs> Dragons and things like that. <laughs> I think, I, it's in, I, think, totally. I think it's in Cork somewhere, but I'll double check. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's down on the coast. But Brian, do let us know. And it's lovely. I love Ireland. Uh, and I, I, I'm a quarter Irish, so sadly not enough to get me a bloody passport. But there you go. Anyway, dear Chidge, JK and guests, my name is Brian O'Donovan. First time emailer, long time listener to the pod and being from Ireland and a Chelsea Fan puts me in the minority, surrounded by Liverpool and Manure fans on a daily basis questioning why support a club with no history before 2003. They don't seem to understand the culture, the gut-wrenching inconsistency, the drama, the class and the ultimate glory that seems to draw us in every time a Chelsea team take to the pitch. We might not have, uh, have the storied histories of other clubs, but we are making our own modern-day history, which will be retold for decades to come. I grew up watching teams coached by Hoddle, Hullet, Viali, Ranieri, and then the first coming of Jose and the start of a glorious new era. I recall the joy of Stockholm in 1998 when Zola thumped the ball into the net. The agony of Barcelona and the Champions League in 2000 when we were dismantled at the Camp Nou. The agony of seeing Arsenal lift another FA Cup in 2002 to the glory of the Reebok... Actually, just as a quick diversion... You know, I, I was at the cup final in 2002 and it was the first one I'd I'd actually made because 94, I couldn't get a ticket. 97, I stupidly booked a holiday to St. Lucia, never expecting Chelsea to ever make an FA Cup final ever fucking again. And I got the ticket in 2002 by, by basically paying uh, some football association chairman of a little local club in the northeast enough money to sponsor a barrel of beer, which funnily enough equated to two tickets a little bit over. He took his cut. And I went there, and I went. It was the first time I'd actually been to a final with loads and loads and loads of mates, and uh, I was absolutely hammered. We we made them open the pub for us because they weren't open yet, so it didn't feel too bad. I mean, it felt awful losing, but because I had loads of mates at the at the match, and because I was really drunk, it, it kind of washed over me a bit. Thus, proving our point from earlier on. Anyway, I digress. To the glory of the Reebok Stadium in two thousand and five, and Frank's brace that secured the title. Um, and I've just as distracted by Tony chatting to me saying, it's West Cork, it looks nice. There you go. That cheap Garcia conning the ref in Anfield. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes, thank you to Donata trip to Istanbul. Thank you in the wings. To the heartache of Moscow and Pep's cheaters in 2009. To the absolute glory of Munich and me and about 12 other Chelsea fans dancing in front of a big screen in a pub full of anti-Chelsea supporters. 
best night of my life. Mine too, Brian. Which brings me on to the point of my email. That, that boil, that sore that persists in the Chelsea midfield. What? Oh, hello. This is going to be good. Watching every Chelsea... I forgot about this. Watching every Chelsea game, I groan when I see his name on the team sheet. Yes, I speak of Jorginho. After watching his horror show against Arsenal last week and then his non-existence at Wembley on Saturday, I asked the question... It's like Jacques Hughes, isn't it? I asked the question, how is he picked uh, game in, game out when he plainly isn't good enough to play at a club chasing trophies every season? He was a disaster at Sarri's attempt to bring Sarri ball to Chelsea with his limited sideways and backwards passing. I understand he can play beautiful football through ball, sorry, play beautiful through balls when the mood catches him, but his overall lack of energy and defensive frailties are really starting to annoy me. I know Tuchel is barely in the job six months, but surely he can see that our midfield needs a huge overhaul in the summer to really compete with City year in, year out. Having the likes of Jorginho around won't win us any major silverware. I'd rather see either Mount or Gilmore play there before that moving statue of a supposed playmaker. I hope that after the last two horrendous defeats that Tuchel sees, uh, sees right to bench him and hopefully consign him to the history books. That's my rant over. Uh, here's hoping we can finish the job of finishing top before top four before our date with Destiny on the 29th. Keep up the good work, guys, and up the chills. Brian O'Donovan. I have to say, Brian, that was that was JK-ish or JK-esque in its ranting quality. Um, Don't fuck with an angry Corkman. No. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, I think my lot might have been from... My lot were from Limerick and Cork originally, so that we, yeah. we have a bit of simpatico there. And I, I think apocryphally, apocryphally, very typically Irish, because I think drink had been taken in the telling of the story. But uh, I'm, I, apparently I was related to the mayor of Cork at the rather naughty time in Ireland's history. Blimey. Yes. Terence McSweeney. Terence McSweeney. Blimey. Uh, yeah. Apparently it's been disproven. But if you look at his death mask in Dublin Museum, he's got the same wonky ears that I have and wonky eye. So there may be maybe more to it than people think. Hmm. There you go. Anyway. I think we've done the Jorginho debate to, to death. I mean, all yeah, I can say, Brian... I, I just wish I, Brian... Yeah. Well, I just wish Brian wouldn't sugarcoat it. That's <laughs> what he thinks. I feel your pain, Brian. I really do. To be fair to the silly old Italian and Brazilian, he, he has played quite well in a few matches recently. I think, actually, what's proved recently, he's much better playing in Europe than he is in the Premier League, which is something we've been saying all season. But there you go. Yeah. JK, the lovely Brilliant. Matt Scott... Brilliant, brilliant against Real Madrid. Look, look at that. You've there. got an Irish passport. I have that. Who I the fuck that. did you bribe for that? <laughs> well, your dad was Irish, wasn't he? He was Northern exactly Irish. Exactly, your dad Irish. was Irish. Yeah. There we have Northern it. Irish. That's Bloody right. hell. You bastards. Brilliant. All three people who are on the podcast with me have got Irish. Look at that. They've all got paddy passports. I can't and be not asked me. about anything to other rooms. To not me. Now, but it's, it's definitely there. I'm so and gutted. I, and, I, and I did it before Bre- well before Brexit. I know. So. I, well, I know. <laughs> me I mean, too. Me too. I, I asked I asked mum and dad and they said, you've got no chance, mate, because your Irish relatives, they're all born in bloody Liverpool. Can you believe it? I, I was le- I was less worried about not getting a passport and more embarrassed and humiliated at the fact that I had relatives that were born in Liverpool. But there you go. What can you say? Anyway, JK, Matt Scott. Matt Scott, good evening all. Hope everyone is well. Well, we could be better, Matt. Last week I was saying how proud, proud, how proud I am of Tuchel and the boys for digging in deep and playing for the badge again. Unfortunately, the last two games against Arsenal and Leicester, this has not been the case. 
a chance in midweek to have all but cemented top four against the side who've been playing shit all season and we somehow managed to fuck it up. London derby aside, we should have taken three yeah, points. Yeah. We then get to our third FA Cup final in four years and again somehow managed to fuck it up. Now, I absolutely love what Tuchel has brought to Chelsea in such a short space of time. But the whole James and Aspie playing, in my opinion, the wrong, wrong way around, was just as random as West Ham pushing to finish in the top four. Also, Kai as a fake nine has worked in the past. So it really baffles me to see Werner deployed at the head of the attack when even my two-year-old daughter knows he's much better as a wide player. Fire or as an inside forward behind a centre-forward. Also, quite frankly, I'm not a fan of Zayek just yet. So, for me, that front three should have been Kai or even Giroud with Werner and Mount set up just yeah. behind him. Other than that, we just didn't look as hungry as Leicester did. They wanted everything more than us and thoroughly deserved their victory. Ooh. Now, fellas, a question for you all. Do we have a problem in the big games, the finals? Since 2015, we've been involved in 11 finals, three of which have actually been the Community Shield. Now, don't count them. Don't count them. Nonetheless, it's still a trophy. No, it's not. In those 11 finals, we've only come away with three trophies, one League Cup, one FA Cup, one Europa League. We've given up. No, I'm not counting the Community Shields. Three FA Cups, one League Cup and one UEFA Super Cup. Chidji, you were talking about this earlier. Now, I don't know about you guys, there's a huge difference between our ability to get the job done in finals these days as opposed to the years with the likes of JT, Frank and Dids. It's clear to see we've got a squad full of potential talent. I don't see a squad full of leaders, which again, in my opinion, is what you need to get the job done in the latter stages of competitions. Anyway, sorry for the long email. It's not long, it's not long. Let's hope we step up and win the next three games of our season, end it with a top four finish and become European champions. Hmm. Much love, up the fucking Chelsea, Matt Scott. I could have written that one myself. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we did discuss it earlier and I, I think you know by now, Matt, what we feel about about that, uh, I don't. I don't think we're bottling uh, finals as it happens. But I do agree with your other point, and I think you know if you if you look at the difference between the team we have now and the team we had in 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 the era of JT, Didier, and and Frank, the thing that I we've said on this show repeatedly is that in those days we would quite often have six, seven, eight players who were captains of their national sides all in the same team. The team was full of leaders back to front. And now you cannot say that. And uh, I think therein lies a fundamental difference. And I do think it's it's a question of leadership and also experience. And I think the interesting thing is that Tommy T is very mindful of that, isn't he, Martin? Yeah, and I think the other thing is, if you're going to look at everything through the prism of John Terry, Frank Lampard, <sighs> Didier Drogba, everyone is going to look poor by yeah. comparison. Because it's just that they will pretty much one-offs in that sense and everyone's gonna struggle by comparison yeah mm. absolutely you know and i think i think this is what man united fans suffer and struggle with as well because yes you, you mm. cannot compare it's i mean they had such a generational period of those talented you know class of 92 and all of that coming through that'll never happen again so yeah. they can't sit there going oh but 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 we're not as you know and we can't do the same we, we won't get a, a, a collective bunch of players quite like this all firing at the club again I don't think so you can't compare can you T you can't, you can't. and I think that's that, that's a great point I think you, you may get that but I mean you know that's, that, that that collection of Drogba Ashley Cole Peter Cech and, and, and all the rest of them 
that's that was the first in my lifetime. Even the the, the great seventies side that I fell in love with didn't have that steel and and that wherewithal then to to take it to the next step. So I think it, it is a bit. I mean, I look at Zayech. I mean, I think he's probably a very talented footballer, but he holds an expression much like whichever one of the loud drops it was that played for us. Um, Brian, reminds me of Count von Count. I don't know why. Yeah, I genuinely don't know why. I remember watching us play Middlesbrough once, uh, and Loudrop scored a fantastic goal. He didn't really celebrate it. He didn't look he, happy. He didn't, he didn't want look, to be here. He didn't want to be there, did he? No. Like, just and I'm, I'm, I, I look at Zayat, and it, I just have that kind of sense about him not, not enjoying. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, at, the same, I, at the same time, every thing we've said about. The, for Werner and Havertz that they've moved to the club during a pandemic yeah, lockdown, exactly. can't see the city, can't oh. you know get out there flat. Oh, I, they've got to go training back. Same applies to Zayek. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, and I certainly you know I've there's been a few people mix the same. We've got to ship out yeah. bloody Werner and all that. Listen, <laughs> more tea, um, Becca. <laughs> yeah, I did, I, I did say to him, "Is that said, what you think of that?" <laughs> yeah, but it was like ship out Werner, and yeah, he's like, and I'm like, oh, "Well, we shipped out Kevin De Bruyne. How did that work out for us yeah, again? We shipped out Mohamed Salah. They need it. They out for us again. They, they, it would be, you know, I think give them another season. Let's let's talk about it then, oh. right? Mercifully, J.K., we've got two more emails, and they're both quite short. So they're, they're, they're but they're loving us this week. Andrew Davies says, "Hi, gang." I'm still pissed off with yesterday. As I've got older, I've become better about not sweating the results and seeing the bigger picture. But for the first time in a while, I was bang up for this game. A shame the same can't be said for most of the team. Yes, VAR is a joke and should be binned off. Did anyone who championed video technology imagine it would be used to suck the joy out of our sport like this? But the main part of my email today is a niggling concern for this set of players. Joe Cole and many others cite the Carling Cup as their best, most important trophy... Uh, from the Jose Mark I era. I was there for that. It was great. It showed a new group of players what it meant to win and get over the line, and more trophies than we could dream of followed. Really not looking to tempt fate, but if things don't go away in Istanbul or Wembley or Porto or wherever the game is being played now, then this group of players will have failed in their first three attempts at winning a big trophy. And I have serious concerns about what that would do for the mentality of this crop of players, especially the Cobham boys. Lose that, and I think we may be in danger of not fulfilling the huge potential that this squad has. I may still have the hunt from yesterday, but I think the Champions League is now so important to this group of players in more ways than the obvious. Here's hoping Tommy T takes a look at his mistakes over the past two games and gets everyone focused for a crucial few games to the end of the season on a massive high. Win or lose, up the blues. Cheers, Andrew. Um, Andrew, I would very quickly say, I, I do see what you, you're saying, and we were alluding to that earlier on, weren't we, Tony? But yeah. I, I think you can look at this two ways because you could equally say that if we go and walk away with a Champions League trophy um, you know, in a few weeks' time, these players who are really, really young, I mean, that could have an, a really adverse effect on them. Look at what happened to United in 1999. As Roy Keane famously said, they were all too busy looking at their new Rolex watches the next season. They lost their mm. hunger. I mean, you, we don't know what will happen, but you could argue that, that actually that, that success of that level might come too soon for them. Whereas actually, you need the pain of losing a few finals because it doesn't have gird well, your loins. This is the thing that I'm hoping will come out of Saturday's you know, somewhat ineffective displays that they they will be burnt. I mean, City will be burning to win. They'll be burning with revenge over two defeats from us 
in as many weeks or three, four weeks or whatever it is, yeah. Um, I, I think um, that that's it. That's how we could could both be a danger, but it could also be an advantage. The fact the city will be desperate to to not lose a three on the bounce to us. Um, but the point he makes about that first League Cup win at a time it has to be said under Joe say that that the League Cup was was probably being denigrated and, and degraded by the likes of Wenger and Ferguson because they were choosing weakened teams and not really taking it very seriously. And I think the stepping stone of the mentality that that gave the club to win that and then go on to much greater things could cannot be understated, be, overstated. It was, it was a critical point. And it was Jose, for all his faults that he's had since, it was his brilliant way of saying, you want more of this? Is this what you want? Because, you know, it's going to come your way. And I think that is a fantastic point, a really fantastic point. And I hope, I hope that a mixture of, that, that we get back into those winning ways. I really hope that someone stood in that fucking dressing room after Saturday and said, do you want to feel like this in Portugal? Or do you want the other feeling? I'm hoping that the, the pain of that defeat will not have subsided to the point where they can go in and, and be apparently so lackadaisical. I hope they wear fucking suits when they go out to look at a pitch. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There's a lot of truth in that. JK, as always, the last shall be the best. It's a brief breath. Breast? I'm so sorry. I do apologise. Freudian slip and then some. And then some. And then some. Uh, Freudian tit. Sorry. Sometimes oh, yes, a tit is just a tit, JK, as Freud also said. He did, didn't he? Yeah. This was this was Bill Freud, no relation. To Chedges, Chedges. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The circuits what? have become unwired, I think, haven't what, they, JK? What slip is Who that? am I? What what day is it? That's just a crap slip, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to Chidge's very point last week about picking the strongest eleven, I have to completely agree with you. Mendy should have been between the sticks. Kepper has done okay recently, but honestly, I'm not having the whole he got us here argument. The other 10 who defended and scored the bloody goals did. Plus, with Mendy's size and reflexes, I believe he would have swatted out Tielemann's wonder strike. Hope I'm not stirring the pot too much. What do you think? Up the chills. Alan Rivero. Good old Alan. Good old Alan. I think we talked about it, though, didn't we? Well, I mean, we, uh, we kind of did. I mean... Look, but no, but yeah, I, well, no, you say sorry. No, no, well, I, 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 I'm, okay, I'll, I'll kick it off. I mean, look, I made it very clear that I didn't think Kepper should start because I don't think he's our best keeper, and I think Mendy is. But having said that, um, I personally don't think. Well, I don't think my opinion is I don't think um, he he could have saved that shot. We'll never know whether Mendy would have saved it or not. I mean, there's a lot of logic that says he might have done because he's bigger and he has a better spring and all of this. But the reality is we will never know. So, therefore, I think the conjecture Mm -hmm. about it is pointless. Yes, totally agree. JK. Um, I think I said earlier, you know, he picked picked Kepper because he said he was going to pick him. And he was the FA Cup goalkeeper, so it's almost not worth considering, is it? Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's you know we never know if Mendy yeah. would have saved it, so it's yeah. you know. But I understand what you mean because as as I said, Alan, and you know because I said it on Friday, I wouldn't have had Kepa starting because you I, for me you pick your best players for a cup final, and I don't think Kepa's our best goalkeeper. So there you go. So on that rather 
blunt note uh it's time to go time to go home time to go home tony and jk and martin it's time to go home i'm waving goodbye are you yeah bye 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 martin looks utterly what the hell are you lot going on about this is sorry mate this is not even one for the teenagers yeah i just think the circuits are broken across the board yeah would somebody like to explain explain to our our young our young guests it's uh, it's Andy Pandy. Andy Pandy. Watch with mother. Watch with mother. Andy, watch with mother. Luby Lou. Yeah. Luby Lou and Andy Pandy. And the the two so, at the end. Time to go home. Out of time the... to go home. Andy. Uh, Andy, Andy and Teddy. It's, it's time to go home. Home. So, right. Time to go home. Andy is waving goodbye. 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 You lot were fucked with only three channels, weren't you? you see, basically, what you have to understand is that our childhood was formed by children's TV programs that were made by people who were imbibing a lot of acid. Yes. Magic and Roundabout. That, and, 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 that, and that was probably the least awful thing some of them were doing. So there you go. Um, I'm just thinking, actually, out of the cast here tonight, who would be Luby Lou, who would be Andy, and who would be Big Ted? Is it? No, it was not Big Ted. It was Teddy, just wasn't Teddy. it? Just Ted. Teddy, yeah. Just Ted. Yeah. So who would be Andy Pandy? Who would be Luby Lou and who would be Ted? Somebody You'd get... be Luby Lou because you've got the hair for it. <laughs> you cheeky fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a straight one on the jaw there. <laughs> Solid. There was also the, the woman who presented it. What was her name? It was it was oh, 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 oh Teddy. Oh, 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 Andy. Oh, 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 oh. Well that would clearly be you, wouldn't it? That would be You'd me. be the narrator, wouldn't it? I'm happy to be the narrator. You'd yeah. be the narrator. Uh, Tony would be Andy Pandy and Martin yeah, would be so. Ted. Because Mar- Martin, I don't, I don't know whether to be insulted or not by that. I don't know what he's, the fuck he's, he's talking basically, about. He's yeah, just, just a teddy bear. It's quite nice. He, he was, he was, he was, he was nice. Martin as Ted would be perfect. Yeah, he's perfect. nice and gentle. He's nice and gentle. The whereas fucking opposite of me. Then. Yeah, but you are, you are, you shut up. You are nice and gentle. <laughs> whereas, whereas Tony regularly wears pr- prison issue onesies. With a hat. So, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, for God's sake. The thing is, I saw one of the shows you did a few weeks ago and I called it With The Donald. Professionals. With... No, The Professionals. Like, okay, which one's Bodie and which one's fucking Doyle? I, I, I never got this. around to that. <laughs> this should be a feature of the show every week. Yeah, it should uh, be. I agree. Uh, what... it, it, I'm thinking, was it Julia Oxenford? Was that her name? I'm going to look oh, it mate, up. I don't know. God, oh, bloody hell. Come back. God, that would be so dreadful. Julia Oxenford. Hello, Julia Oxenford here. It was all, it was all, <laughs> wasn't it all received pronunciation, wasn't it? It was all very clipped and very... It was. It was. Martin's, Martin's really, 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 really now Martin's now Googling it. Again. Hello there, my old mate. Check it out. Check it out on uh, YouTube, Martin. Right. I'm I'm doing this bloody COVID questionnaire for the the game tomorrow. Fair enough. Do you have COVID? Yes, no. No, no. (laughs) Right, we need to go. We do generally need to wave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, that's all we've got time for uh, this week. Uh, But JK, Dane and Liam Toomey from The Athletic will return on Friday for the preview show with assorted guests at 7pm live on Mixler. And we will be looking back at Chelsea's match against Leicester, uh, hopefully a win, and ahead to Saturday, sorry, Sunday's final match of the Premier League campaign against Aston Villa. Uh, and next Monday, JK and I will be joined by the wonderful Mark Meehan and Sam Incasol to look back at the match against Villa and preview nothing. Because for once in a long bloody time, we won't have a midweek match to worry about. So there you go. Uh, don't forget to check out Dean Mears's uh, Went to Mo King's Meadow. Uh, the podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team. 
And our huge commiserations to them for getting dubbed 4-0 by Barcelona in the Champions League final. Really sad. I watched it. I couldn't watch it after the first half. It was just too much. I was in the Discord group with Dino and the rest, and, I, and I, the passion in there, actually. I tell you, look, this is going to sound really patronising, and I don't mean it to be at all, honestly. Um, but Dean's got a great Discord group with lots of, uh, I'm, you know, I'm presuming young, fairly young uh, lady listeners or, or listeners to his show. And I, I, it was really funny. I, I was sitting there watching what they were saying and their knowledge and their expertise of the system. And I'm not saying this is a surprise because I've known loads of women in, who, who love Chelsea for years and years and years and they know just as much as anybody does. But the passion and the knowledge and the level of discussion they were having, I wandered into that and I felt like somebody who literally, I suppose in a way, who had just started supporting a team and I knew nothing about the players and what I felt I felt clueless and it was it was just it was an amazing feeling in a way I mean the level of knowledge in there and I felt like a complete idiot you know like like I just la- like landed in here from nowhere I never watched a football match in my life it was brilliant so what a brilliant group and brilliant bunch of people there I was I was I, I was well impressed with them great stuff uh anyway uh, as I said check Dean's went to Mo King's Meadow podcast out uh, and I hope that wasn't too patronising. I didn't mean to make that sound patronising, Pete. Uh, stop digging now, mate. No, but I really, I meant it honestly. I just thought, fucking hell, these people really know their onions. And I know jack shit about this women's team compared to them. You know, it was like, whoa. Mm. Anyway, uh, right. The Chelsea Fancast is available. Oh, I'm not going to read that. You all bloody know where it is. If you don't know where it is by now, then you clearly haven't been listening. Right. Uh, and on uh, Right, quickly, very quickly, Patreon, if you do... Uh, like what we do, uh, then please, please, please become a Chelsea fan because Patron, it does help me cover the cost of running the shows and all of that kind of malarkey. And the other good thing about it is that uh, if you sign up, uh, you will be a an instant member of the Discord group, which is bags of fun. And also you will get a Kerry Dixon banner, a replica, a little mini Kerry Dixon banner of the one that hangs up in the Matthew Harding end. And lo and behold, I have uh, the first batch to send out, hopefully uh, by the end of this week, so those who've been on the list for ages will be getting them soon. And there is another batch arriving from the States very, very soon, I'm told by the lovely Brian. And I can get the rest of them out to all of you who've signed up recently. So patience is a virtue, but they will be on their way soon. And just finally about the emails, if you want to send us an email or you can send a Discord message, Patreon message, what, there's so many ways to get hold of us. If it's email or any message like that, Sunday is the cutoff day. ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com is the address. So... Uh, Mark uh, and um, Phil and his pissy email and somebody else. Vinod, I'm sorry you didn't make the cut today because I'd put the script to bed by the time you'd send them in. Apologies. Get them in on Sunday morning, people. That's the trick. Uh, right, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Faircast. Me at Stafford Chid, Jonathan and Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK and Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. Yes. There was no reaction from him, so I got it right. Phew. <laughs> right, there you go. Uh, Martin, really, as I mean, thank you so much. You really cheered me. I was really grumpy as fuck for the last two days, but you really cheered me up, so thank you. It's mutual, because I wasn't exactly in the happiest of moods from the last 48 hours, so thanks for the group therapy session. Yes, indeed. It's always been the way with the fan cast. I remember, I remember when we used to do it live, and I mean, you would too, because you used to come, come down on the benches. We'd do it live right after the match. We'd lose. We'd be absolutely steaming with anger and depression and about god knows how many pints later and two hours of talking nonsense we were all laughing our heads off it was it's always been the way so thank you for adding to that uh mr mr glover 
Good to see you, mate. It's well done. Fan- it's been fantastic. I'm now reeling from the latest, latest shortage that's been announced. Um, and it is, it is the Cadbury have run out of 99 flakes. <laughs> what the fuck is going on in this country? It's been great. I think uh, I, I'm like Martin. I had the right raving ump. And you still have to ask out of it if we run out of flakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not helping me. But from the Arsenal game, let alone Saturday. Um, uh, and, and so, like you said, if it had been anywhere else and you'd be sitting in a pub having a few pints, we'd all be walking out with a, a, a brighter brighter aura um, over us. And uh, so I've enjoyed it tonight. And it's given all of us a chance in somewhere or other to let off some steam. I think that's very cathartic. Very therapeutic. Yeah, it is. That's the beautiful thing about it. JK, always great to see you, my friend. Thank you very much. Lovely to be on. Really enjoyed it. Thank yeah, you. You've done very, very well. It, it, it's gone on and on, isn't it? It's almost 10 o'clock. I know, mate. Yeah. I told you we'd be late because I was yeah. late starting. But I, That's true. I forgot about that. We had, a lot, we had a lot to talk lot about. Lots to talk about. Yeah, wow. Exactly. Brilliant. Well done. Brilliant so there stuff. you go. Um, it really is time for time, time to go home. home. Andy and Teddy, Teddy it's time to go goodbye. goodbye. Time, time to, to go, go home. home. Time, time to, to go, go home. home. Andy, Andy and is waving, waving goodbye. 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 Goodbye, <laughs> goodbye <laughs> children. <laughs> goodbye, children. Are you sitting comfortably? No, no, it's, that's the beginning, mate. Anyway. That was, that was Daphne Oxenford. She did Are You Sitting Comfortably? All right. Yeah. Right. Something really, it is time. Good. It is definitely time to wave goodbye. So as I talk us out in the traditional manner, manner I do hope that Jonathan, Martin and, and Tony will all be waving uh, well, whilst I say this, there you go. They're all waving. Beautiful. Goodbye, there you go. children. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea!